Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, and we 
are on day four of an incredible four-day mission to Israel. We are with our friends at the NCSY summer programs. Today you'll be hearing from uh, uh, two incredible programs and more. Uh, two where we'll be hosted, uh, Michlelet and Kolel, and more that will be visiting us at the both locations throughout the morning between now and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I thank everybody out there for the great reaction to our journey so far. Um, Yom NCSY was remarkable, incredible, and spectacular, and I am barely exaggerating. Um, by the way, some of the some of uh, Park Ranana I see came back with us on the equipment. <laughs> I noticed that so we brought some of it back. It was a very rust, a very rustic atmosphere there, and a great, great uh, uh, vibe and energy. And uh, we brought back both the physical Park Radata and we brought back an incredible spirit um, and energy that we picked up uh, in that uh, amphitheater uh, from the thousands of people that were gathered on, uh, on Wednesday night. It was just incredible. And um, every year gets better and better, as hard as that is to believe. It's a Friday morning on this 19th of July and 16th day in the month of Tammuz, official candlelighting time in the New York area is at 8.03. A lot of synagogues begin earlier than that. Make sure you know when things start where you are on this Erev Shabbos Parsha's Balak. I know where we are. It's not Balak. It's Pinchas. In Israel, they'll be reading Parsha's Pinchas this Shabbos, and eventually we're all going to catch up to each other, believe it or not. And... Um, on this, and, and of course, uh, Sunday is a fast day. Keep that in mind. Sunday is uh, Shavuot Shabbatamus. That'll be, be the beginning of our three weeks format. So this is the final jam in the AM for this season, so to speak, before we get to the days preceding Shabbos Nachamu. And uh, befittingly, uh, we get to spend it with the uh, incredible um, youthful enthusiasm of Michlelet and Kolel and uh, some of the other NCSY summer programs. I want to thank those of you who've been commenting on our app and those of you who've been in touch with us via email. A lot of social media posts going around uh, with a lot of stories being posted on both Facebook and Instagram. I thank those of you who've been paying uh, careful attention to those as well. Um, It's been a very active trip to say the least and we are uh, going to end it uh, today with a uh, with a wonderful presentation, a lot of fantastic guests. So all this is coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. Um, feel free to comment on the app. Obviously, it won't be uh, it won't be viewed in real time that we've explained before because of the nature of our broadcasts toward the end of this week. Uh, but feel free certainly to comment on the app and to um, and to uh, be in touch with us via email and other forms of social media as well. Uh, we'll continue with a little bit of Erev Shabbos music and uh, start introducing some of our guests who are here in um, in NCSY Michlelet and explain to all of you who may not be familiar with the uh, NCSY programs why these two continue to be among the flagship programs, Michlelet and Kolel, of the NCSY summer programs. All coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. Chavez, 
with uh, Yehuda Green. I'm Mekadoshe. Erev Shabbos. For our colleagues in the diaspora, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Balak. For our friends here in Israel, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Pinchas. That should be the only difference between uh, the two different crowds. Otherwise, we should be completely united. Honestly, I think we should be united on the Parshas also, but I'm not going to go on that tangent right now and, uh, and take up that cause this moment. Uh, Rabbi Barry Goldfisher, the founding director of TJJ, which would mean, if you do the math, between the number of buses and students over the last, uh, how many years is TJJ? 21 years. 21 years. 
Uh, he's responsible basically for the growth, spiritually and Jewishly, of thousands of Jewish students. In addition, I must say, uh, because I have a personal interest in this, as you sit you down beat, with... You beat me to it. Oh, you were going to say something? I have a personal interest. He was a key component to the early summer program known as JSU Go. And uh, from what I hear, from my inside information, you were a very important key component for that trip. Good morning to you. Not as imp- good morning. Not as important as a Chava Siegel. <laughs> she was important. Huh? Incredible, incredible <laughs> advisor. Comes from great stock. Well, I appreciate that. And um, uh, aside from her, I, I hear that every that thank God the rest of the program went very well amazing, as well. Baruch program. Hashem. Thank God. Thank God. And that you added a really uh, amazing uh, part to it. Uh, in terms of logistics and being able to uh, guide the students, guide the young people uh, through the uh, different travels that you guys were on. So congratulations to thank you, you on that. Thank you. I'm actually, I'm not Rabbi Goldfisher there. I introduced myself as the crazy Israeli Ben C. tour guide as I get onto the bus. And for the rest of the... And that two, lasts for two and a half for weeks? Two weeks. They don't know I'm Rabbi Goldfisher. <laughs> they don't know I run TJJ. It's, it's very refreshing. <laughs> that must be a good experience. Well, TJJ, you can't argue with the numbers, Rabbi. I just said it. Thousands and thousands of students over all these... I ask you the question that I ask every time I'm here. And certainly any time that we have a TJJ person with me. And that is that if you were a teenager and you had your choice to spend your summer with the variety of activities that are offered in the United States and all the different uh, um, uh, elements that entice a young person, if you had a choice to do one of those or come to Israel and experience what you provide on TJJ, which one would you choose? Definitely TJJ. <laughs> uh, sometimes you wonder why these students are actually choosing TJJ. It, it all starts on the regional level. In the respective regions, in their JSU clubs, they form relationships with their advisors, with their city directors, and uh, that, that connection, that relationship helps helps with the recruitment. That, that's, that, that's the catalyst, and, and through, the, through the clubs, um, we're able to publicize TJJ and market the program and it's, it's almost a no-brainer. You know, they have this relationship. It's all about the relationships. Right. And once they have the relationship with the, with, with the advisors from their respective regions, they'll join them for the summers. They'll be wowed in Eretz Israel, fall in love with Eretz Israel. And it's not about four weeks in Israel, as we all know. It's continuing that relationship to the follow-ups in the respective regions. And uh, I, I guess what started off as a national endeavor, TJJ, a national program, has become really a very close relationship between the regions. And national, and uh, this partnership is just uh, it's changing thousands. Of the days. number of, uh, of students, campers, how do you refer to them? TJJers, NCSYers, Who are here this summer is how many? Yeah. That we have, with all of our programs, we'll have just under 600, 600 TJJers. And uh, from all areas of the United States, obviously. All of the United States, um, Canada. We have a group of uh, 12 students from, from England. Yeah, we met from, some of them from, last from night. They're pretty well, impressive kids. Yeah, so and we heard about Argentina coming as well. Um, so this spark that they need to just get pro- started in this process, that all starts at home. That all starts with their local NCSY exactly. and the advisors that you mentioned, the people that are in touch with them. Some kids through the Internet, but mostly from, right. from the regions. And then the they come here, and the whole thing is enhanced. You know, they, for no, none of their expectations disappoint them. They expect it to be a wow trip. They're promised that it's going to be a wow experience, and sure enough, that's so what happens. They, they also they hear from, from their friends who've done it in the past, right? I mean, the recruitment is... It's pretty easy these days. Obviously, the advisors, you know, the, the regions, but the friends who have done in the past, you know, you're going to be wowed. You're going to be moved. Um, you're not going to experience anything like it. So that's what also drives the, uh, the recruitment efforts. Everybody get Barry Goldfish is here, TJJ founding director. What do you remember about the first couple of years? <laughs> the first couple of years. Um, 
the first year, as I, I think I mentioned every year on this program, um, challenging. We had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> you know, Steve Berg and I, the first Shabbos, uh, we were sitting in, actually where the Kolo is located, by Ramon Shapiro, and about two hours before Shabbos, what do we do? How do, how do we run Shabbos for kids who are totally unaffiliated? Um, and how many were there at that point? There were 35 on the first, the first year. Um, I remember sitting in the national office, this was before email, just sending out thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, envelopes with our recruitment, um, our marketing materials, and uh, we, we got our 35 going to different, again, also going to the different uh, Israel, they're back then they were called Israel Culture Clubs and recruiting there. Right. Um, and what was the Shabbos like? Shabbos, pretty much like an NCSY Shabbaton. Um, and they uh, took to it and they, they took to it. it. You know, we, 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 Kabbalat Shabbat was a little bit more abridged, you know, I think more of Lecha uh, Dodi, less of the other Prakim that we say. Um, but uh, we, we brought it to life, Baruch Hashem, we brought it to life. And where from there is, we expanded, sorry? Where's TJJ just Shabbos? This Shabbos, we actually have the free weekend Shabbaton. It's a free Shabbos. Right. So we have about uh, close to 300 people who will be joining us in Malonia Arim. In, uh, by Malay Chamisha, and uh, even though it's a free weekend Shabbaton, it's more laid back. Still, there's going to be uh, our scholar in residence, Rabbi Lashak, who's been joining all the buses and inspiring them. Um, he'll be uh, he'll be ebbing and doing the uh, Q and A with the rabbi. And uh, even though it's a free Shabbos, TJJ is on. What turns out to be the most inspiring Shabbos of the summer? I would say uh, usually Friday night at the Kotel, the last Shabbos, um, the last ebbings with the respective buses. Um, where everything just comes together. You know, four weeks in Israel, it's, uh, there's nothing like it. Are there young people at the end of the TJJ summer who come up to you and tell you that they've altered their plans for the coming school year because of what happened this summer? It, it's interesting. I actually got a, a video this morning. Literally yeah. this morning. I'm I, glad I asked. And uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a participant who was on TJJ, then went on TJAP, then decided to come to Machon Mayan. And this morning I got a video, how, I can even show it to you, how she's... Uh, Take a look at this. This is her. She's conjuring her house now. Her parents allowed her to buy all new dishes. And uh, as I said, it's, it's four weeks. It's another four weeks, but it's, uh, it's, it's following up and hopefully coming to Eretz for the year for seminary. One of the big features of TJJ is we go to Bar Ilan. We, we expose them to what it's like to spend a year in Israel, to Mahomayan, to Yeshiva. So no, this is on the radar, and you can come back, and that's how you solidify a four-year, oh, sorry, a four-week experience. The whole thing like is remarkable. We, we always marvel at how you do this and how effective it is and how the students take to it and how it, uh, it ends up being a life-changing experience and, in many cases, for their own entire family as well, depending yeah. on what they bring back from Israel. The whole thing is amazing, and, boy, a lot, a lot can happen in Jewish education in four weeks, even if it's outside the classroom. Or maybe especially outside the classroom. Especially. Especially outside the classroom. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Thank us you. today. Always great to Thank see you. Thank you. Good job. Hey, good job to you and continued success for a phenomenal summer. It sounds like it's going very well so send far. send my warmest to Chava. I certainly will. She remembers JSU Go very, very fondly, to say the least. More coming up. You are listening to JM and the AM on a Friday morning. We're at Michlelet in Beit Shemesh, and we are meeting some of the wonderful people both at this program and uh, on the... Um, on, on other programs, a variety of programs here uh, that are happening under the uh, tutelage of NCSY. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM the AM.
J.M. and A.M. Friday morning, Mimkomcha, that's Yankee Lemmer. We're here at Michlelet. Well, we have to all agree, it would not be a J.M. and A.M. broadcast with NCSY summer programs if we didn't have Rabbi Noam Konigsberg with us. He's always one of the highlights for us. It is great reuniting with him in this forum on an annual basis. I know he's taken time out of your TJJ schedule to bring you here, but it's Mm -hmm. always a delight. And this year, I don't know, maybe it's every year, you'll tell us, you are the assistant director of TJJ bus number 11. What number was it last summer? Last summer was 9. And now it's 11. Yeah. 
Is that an upgrade? Well, is that a promotion? No, it just means we're growing and there are more buses. And <laughs> that's, that's the number we get, that they gave us. Uh, do some of the buses have uh, a, a different designations? Like, are you first-time TJJers? Do you have a group that has any special distinction? Or No, the buses are usually organized by region. So they'll take all the Toronto and Vancouver kids and keep them together so that during the year, throughout the year, that's cool. You know, they'll be able to continue their relationships with their advisors. Is 11 Canada? Or so 11 is Toronto and Vancouver. And uh, 10 is uh, Montreal, part of Toronto. And you have a, a New Jersey bus and a West Coast bus. I'm glad I stumbled upon this. Yeah, That's interesting. And, and they give them, you know, the numbers are organized by regions so that the kids uh, will get to know, you know, teens in their area and their communities. They'll get to know their advisors. And they'll want to continue those relationships throughout the year in NCSY. Is this the first time you're working with Canadian kids? No, this is my third summer with Canada. And do they pair you up with them for any special reason or total coincidence? Uh, NCSY places me wherever they think, you know, I can, I can contribute. And Canada happens to be the place where, you know, we work well together. So, you know, that's what they, uh, that's what they chose for me this year as now, well. Now, this is really going to sound like a spoiled American-type comment, but I'll make it anyway. Uh, we know that in TJJ in general, there are students coming from very remote locations of the United States. Right. When they're north of the border, are some of those places even more remotely Jewish compared to what we have in the U.S.? Well, look, Toronto is a, is a strong Jewish right. community. You know, on the other hand, um, none of the... Teens on my bus go to a day school, so they're in a public school with uh, over a thousand teens. Um, you know the Vancouver uh, population is even more further removed from right. Yiddishkeit, so you can imagine that they're they're really coming from almost no background. Just to give you an idea, uh, we went to the Kotel the other day for the first time on the trip, and of course we spoke about the base Hamikdash. And we, we toured the Kriya with them and explained it's in mourning over the temple that once stood. And two girls came over to me and said, Rav Noam, how do we rebuild the temple today? Why don't we just go up on the mountain and rebuild it? And the whole concept of longing for the Beis Hamikdash and Tshuva, so I spoke to them about we're not yet worthy. So they wanted to know what we could do to be worthy. Of the base Hamikdash. This is what where the, these kids are coming from, and that and a full discussion ensues after that. Absolutely, and they're mesmerized Absolutely. by it. And I ask it that way because in 2019 we know that the attention span of everybody, but especially right. teens, it, you know, it's in small it's doses, and you're dealing with you know you're you're, you're up against social media and that style Correct. of communication, and yet you Correct. can sit down and have a lengthy, Absolutely. thoughtful discussion. A lot of parents are shocked to hear this, by the way. Absolutely. You should know that because there's so much bus time on TJJ, there's so much traveling, we actually use that bus time for one-on-ones with the TJJers, with the teens. So when you sit down on a bus and you can speak to them for an hour about what's the next step they can take in their Judaism to bring the temple that much closer. Pretty amazing. Uh, Yeah, it really is. All right, Noam Konigsberg is with us. TJJ bus number 11. Um, you're dealing with a population um, d- diverse also in that some of them are coming, I would assume, with 
parental enthusiasm and quote-unquote permission. And right. others whose parents are sort of like, I don't know, maybe because the neighbor's kid is going so they right. can go. Or they may say, you know, we think you're nuts for embarking on this, but this is what you want to do. We're not going to stop you, that type of thing. Correct. Uh, it's a big mix. It's a big mix of whether they really have their parental approval or not. Right. And that must be a challenge to deal with. It definitely is. We had a few kids that decided they wanted to keep Shabbos, not Shabbos. Uh, out of a was bus, that their first job as uh, Out of a bus of 37, we had about a dozen kids who decided they wanted to try keeping Shabbos. Many of whom never did it. I, I would say most of that group never kept Shabbos. Why did, why? Why did they all of a sudden wake I, up to I th- it? I think they sensed there's a beauty there. It was our second Shabbos on TJJ. They, they sensed that the first Shabbos was something special, there's, and I think they're longing for something. Were they There's able a to thirst do it? there. So I spoke to some of them at Motsai Shabbos. I said, how did it go? And they said it was very special. It was a beautiful experience. I said, did your parents wonder why they can't reach you by phone? So one of them said, oh, I gave him a heads up. You know, before Shabbos, right. I said, I'm going to try keeping Shabbos, the Shabbos. I said, how did your parents react to that? Did they mind? Were they excited? So this one, T.J. Jarrett, said, my parents were excited. They said, maybe a few times a year you should try something. <laughs> but that's so a they great weren't start. against. <laughs> there, there wasn't opposition. It, it was soft approval. <laughs> right. Not hard approval. The idea. Soft they liked the idea of a few times a year. Unbelievable. I'll tell you, what, off to a great start, huh? Yeah. We that really, must make yeah, you feel God. amazing because really very is. often in education, I have to tell you, in education, it could take decades before you really hear about the results Correct. of the fruits of your labor. Here, you're seeing immediately that people are ready to make right. a commitment and at least consider making certain changes in their Correct. life. You know, you know, at the same time, we're not living in a dream. We're in a right. real world, and they're going back to public school. And it's going to be challenging. That's why we encourage them so much to connect with their local NCSY people. You know, if it's the Toronto, he has a strong NCSY um, uh, chapter. Right. And, you know, Vancouver has a chapter. And all the TJJ buses are encouraging those continued relationships. But uh, we, we definitely have seen success. In fact, this past year, you know, during the year I do not work with NCSY. I'm in Yeshiva Shalvim. Right. And uh, I was told that TJJers from a bus that I ran three summers ago uh, were in seminary in Yeshiva. So I reached out to them. I had them for Shabbos. And there's nothing like that feeling, having two TJJ boys who just a few years ago were without Kipot and without CC. In fact, one of them was this tall and scary guy. And I'll never forget the first day of TJJ, I was scared of him. He looked like a rapper. <laughs> and, not, and he was in Ishgesha this past year. And Shabbos afternoon, he asked to learn... He said, I'm trying to finish Sota by the end of the year. Can we learn a daf of Sota together? So I sat there with Alex Paul, originally from Arizona, now from New Jersey. And we learned a daf of Sota. And I told him, you know, if someone would have told me three summers ago this is what we would have been doing, I probably would not have believed it. It's a very, very rewarding experience. That's, that's the ultimate satisfaction. To say the least. Yeah. How many years are you doing this with TJJ? This is my fifth summer. Bar Five Hashem. years, and uh, so you also Bar have a, a, a good number of students under yeah. your, uh, uh, <laughs> that you can take right. credit for, let's put it that way, that have changed their Bar lives. Um, and Bar now, as Rabbi Goldfisher told us earlier, the word just spreads like wildfire. You know, people go back. Uh, they're, they're telling their friends how great this experience Absolutely. was. You know, at the beginning of the summer, I ask almost every kid on the bus, how did you get to TJJ? How did you hear about it? And almost every single one says either a sibling or a friend had such an awesome time that we had to do it ourselves. 
they somehow hear about the trip and they say, this is something we have to do. You know how you're going to know when you're really successful? When some yeah. of these students show up at your house years later, they won't eat your house. <laughs> They'll say to you, sorry, Rabbi. Your standards, are, your standards are nowhere near where we are right now. Believe me, I, I don't think I would mind that. You know, but, uh... <laughs> when, it, when it happens, please think of me. <laughs> Uh, Rabbi Dahl Konigsberg, the assistant director of TJJ, bus number 11, filled with Canadians, people north of the border. For those of you wondering if there's a Jewish spirit north of the United States, the answer is yes. For sure. It's on fire. And anybody who wants information about sending, uh, and there are people listening, we do this every time, there are people listening who have neighbors that you know, that, that, who are not really that involved in the Jewish scene, and for right. those neighbors' children, TJJ would be perfect. It would be. Perfect. They can be uh, amazing ambassadors themselves in getting Absolutely. the word to those people that for their children this would be a perfect program. So everyone consider uh, TJJ. The success rate is simply remarkable. Um, so this Shabbos, you told us, is an off Shabbos. You've described Shabbos to us in the right. past. I assume that the abridged service, when necessary, is still being used. Absolutely. You try your hardest to make it as spiritual an experience it's as possible for the kids. It's full of joy. There's singing and there's dancing. And the, and the three yeah. weeks coming up, it doesn't matter. There's plenty of great spirit and wonderful communal you know, singing and all the different... continue the singing. You know, we've, we've been given a psaac that if it's inspirational... Keep going. You know, this, this, this is our opportunity to touch their hearts. You know? And Tisha B'Av, are they here, Tisha B'Av in Israel? Or Tisha B'Av, this summer, we are they'll not, be finished. Yeah, they'll then. be finished. That's always a highlight on TJJ, very moving. It's uh, it's Chaval, but you know most of the years right. TJJ does have Tisha B'Av, and it's it's a pivotal point for them. Unbelievable. The whole thing yeah. is incredible. Uh, continue to do your amazing work on behalf thank of the you. Jewish thank people, and it's much. wonderful to reunite with you with this forum yeah, each thank year. thank you for having me today. And thank next year, much. we're going to try to get you to bus 12. <laughs> Enough with so. 11 already. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Thank okay, you. Enough, Always a pleasure. Go to. More to. coming up. You're listening to a Friday morning edition of JM in the AM in the New York area. Candle lighting is at 8.03. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We are with our friends at Michlelet and Kolel on a very special Friday morning in Israel. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. from uh, Sholi. That's Tovin Meorot on this uh, Erev Shabbos as we broadcast from Israel on this Friday morning. Uh, Miriam El Wallach is here. Good morning. Which program are you running? You know, they haven't given me a program yet, frankly. What, what bus number are you in charge of? I'm in front of the Nachum Siegel bus. Huh, the NSN bus. I have to be honest with you, it's a rowdy bunch. You're driving the NSN bus. I have no hope. And who's the rowdiest of all of them? Is it I have no Paul? hope in, in bringing these people closer to Yiddishkeit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rav Noam, you know, has great, great hope and experience with all of these NCS wires. I don't know. He hasn't sat with the likes of the both of you on a bus. That's true, but I, I, he's so talented, he might be able to make some headway. <laughs> That's true. Especially, this is not my forte. Especially with the Oni. This is not my forte. Nobody expects you, you to be able to do former it. former president of Shank we're talking That's about true. here. That's true. He's his own, he's his own the Jewish leader. He is. Um, anyway, so here... He is the future of the Jewish people. It's right here. Wow, that was a scary thought for a moment. <laughs> uh, so here we are. It's, uh, it's um, the day after Yom NCSY. Mm-hmm. Did you notice a certain, as these students in Michlelet are walking by, do you notice a certain combination of fatigue and energy because they were together with thousands of others last night in Park Renana? I, I, the buzz is still there. Yeah. You know, there's that, th- when, you're, when you're an exerciser, when, you, when you're a gym goer, you build up these endorphins and the endorphins get going and, and it lasts you for a while. I see that here too. And I'm sure the both of you can yeah, you know, you appreciate it. what it. it's like to get those endorphins going. So it's sort of like a combination of energy and fatigue. Is that- it's, not, it's not fatigue. It's exhaustion. But it's good exhaustion. Exhaustion plus energy. Exactly. So it's good exhaustion plus energy equals... Dave, well, David Cutler knows exactly e- what I'm talking about. He's exhausted, <laughs> but he's totally energized. Well, we're noticing all the Michlelet students walking by, yes. and they've got this combination of energy and exhaustion after the amazing Yom NCSY last Correct. night. That's the point we're making. Right. You thought maybe they'd be canceling the morning program here. You thought they'd maybe be they'd asleep be... during Shear. Correct. Maybe they, no. maybe they do one of those traditional late days here at Michlel. I don't but think no. so. But no, even after what happened last night and all the enthusiastic response Correct. to the they're up bright and early and in, in classes and already... Uh, already studying their regular daily schedule. Yeah, you know, listening to your conversation um, with Rabbi Goldfisher, mm-hmm. it it reminded me, you know, the importance of experiential education. Is that we learn our students are, you know, and our kids learn so much once they leave the classroom that it's almost a, a conversation to be had. Is it better for them to be in a classroom or for them to be living it? And here. What is the, the education that they're experiencing, that they're living? It's Jewish education. And it's so important to recognize how influential that is on all of their lives. And you look at TJJ and they, and they talk about what they have seen over their years, 21 years, and the growth of students and how that carries over. You can sit and teach kids about the importance of Judaism, the importance of God, and the importance of Yiddishkeit in their life. But when they live it, that's when you see the follow-through. And when they're living in this type of environment as well. And uh, that's why David Cutler is responsible for, as far as I'm concerned, not just for summer programs, but for the education of thousands of Jewish Correct. children. Jewish lives. In this unique forum and in an amazing and incredible uh, um, uh, environment. And I will tell you that David Cutler modestly would say, I'm in charge of summer programs. I'm in charge of making sure that everybody's safe. You know, he would give us one of those very humble answers. <laughs> but I think that even David, when he gets on the air later, I think even David would recognize, you know, there's a lot more than just 
keeping kids safe and making sure they have a good time that happens on these programs. I do want to mention that, ironically enough, there's Rabbi Yudin. Oh. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Rabbi Yudin. Rabbi Yudin's going live? I don't think so. <laughs> Rabbi Yudin, we could actually do a live. But no, no, no. If Rabbi Yudin's here, he has to do Parsha's Pinchas. He uh. cannot, you cannot be here in Israel. One second, Rabbi we gotta, Yudin. We got to give Rabbi Yudin a mic. We're, we're literally on the air, Rabbi Yudin. You can, first of all, welcome. But you cannot wow. be here in the Holy Land yeah. and do Parsha's Balak for those in the diaspora when here in Israel we'll be reading Parsha's Pinchas. Oh my goodness! Now you and I have been together for so many years, and we've never had. Forget. I'm not even going to use the dirty word an argument. We've never had a disagreement. <laughs> but this is the one time that I might even disagree with you. Not because I prepared something Bullock. on Bullock, which I did. I've been thinking about it. It just doesn't fall out of my pocket. But in reality, I feel an obligation. So maybe what I'll try to do is uh, connect the two. And then, unfortunately, this Sunday is Shavasa Batamus for, for everybody. You know, we'll talk a little bit about the three weeks, you know, etc. Unless you tell me that somebody else is covering it. No, <laughs> the reality is, the reality is sadly. That's right. Sadly, the reality is that you have to, all kidding aside, do Parsha's Bullock this week. Oh. Sadly. And I'll explain what I mean in a minute. Go ahead, go ahead. Then next week, you'll have to do Parsha's Pinchas. And right. then you'll have an opportunity to, to do a double Parsha That's and right. finally get everybody on the That's same page. Right. Now, Rabbi, you didn't, I don't know if you know this or not, and I apologize for taking time from NCSY for a moment, but I hope they'll indulge me. I am on a campaign. I am on a serious campaign. I know it's not going to sound serious, but I'm on a serious campaign. That because today, thank God, thank God, the true center of the Jewish world in real fashion is Israel. Good. I am on a campaign that at the earliest possible time, even with all the minhagim of the last hundreds of years that we must read Parshas Devarim before this, all based on diaspora, by the way, and you must read Parshas by Midbar at this point, all based on diaspora again, by the way. I am on a campaign that immediately, at the first opportunity, right after Pesach, we, the entire world does what's necessary to get on the same page with Israel. And this is, our, this is the way that I remind everybody that today, thank God, it, in reality, we've been pining for it for thousands of years. Now in reality, that Israel is the center of the Jewish world. Will you join me on this? We need rabbis to back me up on this. Will you join me on this campaign, Rabbi Yudin? Conceptually, I'm with you 101%. Good. That's, that's a start. A, that's a very good start, conceptually. Because I, I agree that whatever can connect us, and Torah connects us, but let me just say one thing. <laughs> one of the reasons why we have two days of Yom Tov right. still back in the diaspora is to... Tradition. Uh, no, more than just tradition. I believe the answer is that here, as I say every time I have the privilege of broadcasting live from here, right. is that you can feel Judaism here in the streets. Right? Not just because I, I'm telling you every Friday that they just spring up the flowers here, there, etc. Just you can feel Shabbos in the air. That whether they're keeping Shabbos in their home or not, and Baruch Hashem more and more are, but you can just sense it. Right. You don't have that in the diaspora. Me. That's right. Right. Okay. So we need you ready more spirituality. Yeah. Okay. 
So, unfortunately, within that package, because what happened this year... Right, because of Acher until Pesach. But, but, but I think we could adjust the package okay, a bit, so but... It, it, if we can work it out, the answer is count me in. I believe me, I hope we can work it out. That's all. Okay. And I thank you very much. And we'll be hearing from you later on in this show, Bezrat Hashem, about Parsha's Bullock. And you should know, yeah. at the Mizrahi Synagogue, I'm responsible for announcing what Perik of uh, Pirkeiavos it is, once Mincha ends. And I say Perik Vav, and in the diaspora, Perik Hey. That's what I say. Okay. Just to make that point that we should first be concerned with the Parsha. Welcome to Mechlelet. It's a very thank special you. place. It certainly is. Thank okay. you so much. And I know you have quite a connection to Michlelet. Aryeh Frankel is with us from Yad Israel Tours. Aryeh has been with us before, and we say welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I would imagine you have one of the most difficult jobs in Israel during these summer months. (laughs) I have probably one of the most fantastic jobs in Israel. Now, what's so fantastic about it? Tell me. Because there's a miracle going on here. What's going on in Israel is a miracle, and what's going on in NTSY is a miracle, and my job is to bring those two miracles together. How, how can I not love what I do? So even though there's a lot of logistics and a lot of operations, and no doubt a lot of staff that you have doing a million different things, you look at it as a really important positive experience. We have 45, roughly 45,000 activity days throughout this summer, making sure that NTSY programs are volunteering, touring, um, working in uh, communities, Torah, learning, traveling, insurance, medical. There's a lot of work that goes into that, and our staff worked in. I, I, I don't know how they put it into 24 hours a day, but uh, our job is to be committed to, to make everything, put everything on the ground and make it work. When you use the figure 45,000, it reiterates a point that I'm always thinking about, that, it, that if you add up all the possible, I don't know, lodging locations, all the possible touring locations, all the possible chesed locations, all the possible eating locations, for these 45,000, again, if one adds up all the programs day by day, etc., that's what they come up with. I would think, from my vantage point, it's almost impossible to fill the spreadsheet. There is still, there's still room to do that, huh? I would agree with you. That is probably one of the biggest challenges. Um, Israel is a small country, and thank God tourism is growing by jumps and leaps. In the past few years, it's been growing between 20 to 30% per year, which is a lot for Israel. Um, and one of the big challenges is finding enough places for everybody to sleep, yeah. finding enough um, opportunities for them to really do proper You chesed. have days during the summer where you need how many NCSY buses? There are days you need as many as? I would say up to 40 in the same day. And those are accessible, those... Uh... Yeah, yeah. The buses actually work out okay. Probably the biggest challenges are really lodging, sleeping accommodations, right. and good proper activities. That's where a lot of our energy is invested. Someone and said to me yesterday, there's tens of thousands of chesed opportunities in Israel. And once we started thinking about it, we said, you know, it, it really could be that high. There could be that many if you add it all together. And uh, you're not only um, placing people in... You know, in programs that have existed for years, there are new ones that you like to discover and, and add to the whole repertoire. Every year, every year, part of our planning is sitting down and thinking of what else can we be doing that right. hasn't been done yet. And that's, I think, part of the innovation of what David Cutler and NCSY do is never say, well, we did that last year, let's do the same thing again this year. But what can we be doing new? Where is the new challenge? Where can we be adding value? And that's... Uh, for me, some of our projects, I just, you know, the internships. and I Oh, I all love of them. that internship. What about the Hatzala program? Hatzala the way it's program, taken off? saving two people's lives. I know. I mean, 
But you know, and, and beyond that, just to to go back to the nuts and bolts of it, sure. it, there were people two years ago who were so skeptical they'd be able to get anybody, and now you could already see that this is going to be one of their bigger programs years from now. Absolutely. Um, if a family would call you and say, hey, what's new to do in Israel in 2019? Give me one thing that you've discovered in the last few months that would be a good recommendation for people to explore in 2019. All right. Um, there's probably a bunch. Let's just choose one. But sure. virtual reality uh, tours in Where? Jerusalem. There's by the Kotel Tunnels, a beautiful virtual reality. You get to really see the way Jerusalem looked and feel be inside it. And not just hear a tour guide telling you about it, but actually to experience it. Wow. What a wonderful And a family experience. can go and they Absolutely. can be accommodated. Absolutely. A lot of great innovation in this town, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know what? We're, they call us a startup nation. Mm. And they say it's probably because we have some chutzpah. And that's probably why we manage. We manage to put 45,000 activity days where they just don't exist, where there's no room. There's obviously a lot of siyata tishmaya. I mean, there's no other way to explain how every day actually works as much as energy is put into it. Um, but there's, there's something amazing about this country. And every day there's a new idea coming up. There's beautiful... If, if a family is looking for something off the beaten track to do, there's a new a tour on Yama Melech where they go kayaking on the Dead Sea. It is unbelievable. It's not, it's not right for big groups, but a small group, 10, 12 people, it is an experience that it's maybe a little bit more expensive than your classic average experience, but I would tell a family that's looking for something off the beaten track, beautiful, just beautiful. Uh, Arye Frankel's here from Yad Israel Tours. Is summer clearly your busiest time for your office? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Are summer. there other very busy times of the year? Winter now is starting to grow uh, substantially. Really? We used to say that winter is off-season. Today, I would say November till February. And that's it. Is almost peak, is almost peak in Israel. Um, and thank God. Look, we've grown from 2.5 million tourists about three years ago per year to 3 million. Last year to 4 million. And to this year, they're thinking we may hit 5 million tourists this year. That is, that is big growth in tourism. And it's tourism from all over the world, not just North right. America. But we're, you know, we're just proud to share this miracle and bring in as many people as we can and, and show the wonderful experiences that are going on here. I think this is one of the toughest jobs to coordinate everything for these thousands of NCS wires. I wish you continued Hatzlacha. It Thank should you. all go smoothly. Thank you. And thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Arye Frankel, Yad Israel Tours. When you think about who's responsible for every move that they are making here uh, with NCSY summer programs, it's he and his staff, in fact, who are responsible. Eitan Freilich's next. You're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs>
J.M.N.A.M. with Eitan Freilach. Um, candle lighting time at 8.03 in the New York area. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Balak here in Israel. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Pinchas, the director of Michlelet. Our uh, host here in uh, Beit Shemesh, Israel, is Mrs. Rivka Yudin. And we say welcome back to J.M. and the A.M. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome here. It's so nice to have you all here. How many years with Michlelet? Is Mechlelet in existence? Well, or you, are you here I, from I, the I'm, beginning? Um, no, we're here about 14 years. How many years are you here? 14 years. 14 years? I think so. Did you hear about this conversation count. I just had with your uh, father-in-law? No. Is there added pressure when he's in town or not? For who? <laughs> for, I mean, just the whole Mechlelet operation. We you love, want, you want to be as impressive as possible <laughs> for the great rabbi, though? No? That's true. He loves it, you know, thank God. <laughs> Baruch Hashem, I'm sure he gets he a tremendous... He loves teaching here, loves, loves it. Oh, yes. the girls get the to girls experience get to, his yes, classes. Yes, yes, yes. That's cool. Yes, that's amazing. He teaches the Mechina girls, um, and he teaches the Shanabek girls. Very it's nice. Very he is amazing. Yes. Um, how are things going so far this summer? Thank God. You know, we're here for a week, but... It's going beautifully. Sold out program? Thank God. Thank God. You're overflowing for years already, right? Thank God. It's getting, you know, we tried adding some trailers and some, you know, expanding the dorms and the campus as much as possible. Not easy to do that, but you do it when possible. Now we're done. (laughs) Does it restrict the number of returnees or you don't have that many? Yeah, it restricted numbers of returnees. It restricted numbers in general because we couldn't, you know. So it must be interesting for you. You're sort of recruiting, but not necessarily recruiting that hard for McLeod. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. The Thank word God. gets around, huh? Word gets around. There's a great buzz out there, and it's a wonderful program. So, how many sure. teachers are there aside from your father-in-law? Uh, who are? We who have a lot of great teachers. I, I don't know the count, but um, we have uh, 
Actually, this summer we're very excited. We have Roshitsvi Weinberg um, joins us, nice. and he's here with his family with us this summer. So that's really nice for some of the summer. Um, that was a really, really nice addition. We have phenomenal teachers, a lot of them, a lot of great, great, great teachers. Amazing, and students from all over North America. Literally, all every over. C- well, not every, <laughs> but all these different cities are represented. Yes, thank God. Um, and, uh, and even from Israel, we have girls from Israel too. Yeah, and that's because why would someone who's living in Israel come to Mithlilat? I don't know. You know what? One of the girls is coming soon. You I'm going to ask you that question <laughs> because I'm curious about that. Right. And we're talking about people who actually, you know, some of them I assume were born here in Israel. Yes, yes, yes Living yes. here their whole lives yes. and they want to be part American of the American families, American families. Right, I got that. But yeah. still, yeah. a Thank little God. bit out of the ordinary. It's America's yes. one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, on the AlchemSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app curriculum. How does one decide what you're going to be covering during the summer? Um, so there's many different things that we cover during the summer. Firstly, they have Chaburas from Madrichot. Mm-hmm. So it's really, they have all different topics that it's just like, in a chilled way, learning with incredible Madrichot that are awesome role models. And they have tons of different topics, and the girls really sign up for what type of learning they like. So they get to choose if you like more textual, you have more textual. You like more discussion, you have more discussion. And we literally have every type of topic under the sun. The same thing with the teachers in terms of what do you enjoy learning. You like more textual, you want to be Medrash Chavrusa style, you want more discussion. We have so many different options, thank God. So the girls really make their program. You know there schedule. are other ways for these young ladies to spend their summer. I you know, know that. I tell them all the time. And I you do say that to them. So You're as skeptical as I am sometimes. I am so <laughs> impressed with them. They are incredible. It's, it's amazing. They, they, they will have an awesome time. They will have a fun, incredible summer with touring and, and craziness and fun and a lot, a lot of energy. And they do have chesed trips but, and they're learning. But they, it's an amazing thing that so many girls want to come and spend their summer in such a meaningful and productive way. I'm all of them every single summer. What percentage of the time are they on the road? Like how many days a week would they, they actually be out of Mithalot's well, uh, main center? Every Tuesday we're on Atiyah going right. all over. Um, every Sunday and Thursday afternoon we have Chesed trips. And then Monday and Wednesday is when they have optional mini Tulem. Plus we go away for some weekends and we have, we have more. We oh, just so it's came funny. Back. They're keeping up with a great curriculum yeah. schedule at the same time really getting around everywhere. We're, yeah. we're in Tavaria for two days. Water boat, you know, banana boating, rappelling, Jeeping, ATVing, we had an awesome time for the last two days. It was really, really fun. What's the number of students you have here this summer? We have 174. We're maxed out. Thank God. You've never had that before. No, we, that's why we built a little more to be able to accommodate. Risha has been phenomenal. 174. Thank God. thank God. Thank God. I know. Isn't it amazing how many girls want to come? And when, when my daughter Chava was here, any clue how many you had? I would guess around, around 110 because that's what the number was for a while. We thought we couldn't. We couldn't handle any more in terms of space, but we found the space. Thank I've been God. asked to ask you specifically about Michlela Teens. Is there something I need to know about that? Is there a special program? or uh? Um, Why was this note handed to me? <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to know about Michlela Teens? Does anybody know? You'll find out. What's <laughs> Michlela Teens? What am I supposed to know about that? Meaning these ladies? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, now now I got it. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. What it means is that you are going to introduce me to some of your star students. Yes. Some of the great core, uh, the nucleus of the Michalala program. Exactly. Not only that, they're all actually <laughs> second year girls. Oh, wow. Because we figured since we're here for a week, they know the Michalala program from this first week, but also in general, and they're awesome. Let's start with Atara Black. Where's Atara? Hi. How are you? How are you? Where in Canada are you from? Toronto. All right. Right, very nice. Yeah. Uh, so you're a veteran here at Michlela. So, so tell me, <laughs> you know 
that there are many options where a young Jewish woman could spend yes, her there summer. Yeah. There are some really fun summer programs both here and in, and in North America. <laughs> what is it that attracts you to Michalala? Oh, wow. What that you'd that return, come back for a second year. Of course, year. how could I not? <laughs> what, attract, what attracted me in the first place was that, of course, it's in Israel. Right. Um, and there's so much hype around Michalala. Everyone wants to come to Michalala because everyone knows it has a perfect balance of being an amazing program, fun. And also a lot of growth happens here. And that's something that I think at this age a lot of girls want in their life. So it's a perfect opportunity. I can also imagine you've met a lot of friends or have made a lot of friends from a lot of different areas I have. of North America, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yes, absolutely. To, to know people from different cities yes, and get so that whole thing going. <laughs> yeah. That's always a lot of fun. All right, we're gonna, I'm going to skip Rachel for a second. We're going to save the resident of Israel conversation for a moment. <laughs> and we're going to go to Tali. Tali Margulies is from Seattle, Hi, Washington. Yes. Wait a yes. second. There's a Jewish community in Seattle, there Washington? Yes. I hear it's a very impressive community, by the way. Is it? Yeah, that's what I'm told. <laughs> You're curious what outsiders of Seattle uh, think, yeah, huh? I guess. Now, you also came back for a second year? I did. What's that all about? Explain why you've des- designated two of your youthful summers to the McLellet program. Um, I think I came back a second year um, because I felt like McLellet's a place where I can spend my summer in a productive way and learning and growing, like Atara said, but also having fun. There's so much excitement here, and I think the atmosphere is such a great atmosphere to be around and spend six weeks. Was there anybody else from Seattle when you got here last summer? Elena Korn. Seriously, so there were two of you from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and that's a long trip, isn't it? It is. You have to go from Seattle to the East Coast, I right. assume, and then yeah. take a plane to Israel. Yeah. We're spoiled that, you know, once we <laughs> arrive in New York, we're basically home. <laughs> well, I live in Rafi Chemish, so I'm really spoiled. <laughs> You're really, you can say that again. Um, so what are some of the highlights from this summer? Give me one or two things that I should know about so far in the summer of 2019. Um, personal highlight, what I love most is Yom NCSY. It was always That was pretty fun. awesome, I must say. Um, a second highlight, I think I really enjoy the Chesed trips mm. because I think that I feel like I'm doing something, again, like productive in my summer, but also it's such a good feeling to give people, I think, and to feel like really making a difference in their life. Very nice. Sounds like the Chesed trips might be, uh, might be outvoting the... Uh the academic studies within the baby drafts. What do you think? Let's see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thank you for that, Tali. And now Rachel Benovitz, who's from Ramat Beit Shemesh. Yes. Imagine that. Her commute is a lot better than most others here in McClellan. Now, I asked this question to Mrs. Yudin, and she agreed with me that we should ask you, why would somebody who's a lifelong resident of Israel come to a mostly North American McClellan program? Um, so I'd say that. Living in Israel, you don't always recognize how amazing it is. Sometimes you kind of get used to it and don't appreciate it as much as you should. And coming to Mechlela, where everyone is taught to love Israel for what it is, it kind of reminds me why I should love it and how special it is that I live here. Also, seeing girls that have so many questions and make me think about why it is so special and why it is I love it kind of reminds me how much I love and how special it really is. One of the best answers I've ever heard. That's fantastic. So sometimes when you live in Israel, and we understand this, uh, one could get a little bit, uh, I don't know, skeptical or a little bit, uh, uh, you know, jaded about where they live and some of the things you have to go through on a day-to-day basis. All these young ladies come from North America with this great love of Israel, and you get to discover it with them as they discover it. That's exactly. pretty cool. I like that a lot. Um, and I'm sure your family is very happy that you're in McClellan, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the second year you're doing it. Yes, thank God. You know, you're in Ramat Beit Shemesh. You may want to add a third year. I mean, after all, you're right in the neighborhood. We'll see about that, maybe. <laughs> all 
Well, thank you to Atara, Rachel, and Tali. Great representatives, They're Mrs. Uden, I must say. Thank God the best. They certainly the best. are. Thank you guys very, very much for thank joining you. us today. Thank and Mrs. Uden, what can I say? Uh, the program seems to be amazing. It's always wonderful Thank to God. visit here. You have a, an Thank incredible God. building and wonderful accommodations. And the Beit Midrash is very active. I walked in here. The first thing I did was look to my right. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Last night was Yom NCSY, and already they're studying in formal classes. It's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. So they're, congratulations really to you. It's really inspirational to be around here, and it's, it's, it's a real privilege to be able to And David's not here, but I want to ask him about this 174 Michlelet students. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more we can get here. I don't, I'm not sure we can. <laughs> but that is quite an accomplishment. Yes, that is amazing. Well, thank you. Thank Enjoy God. the rest thank of the summer. Thank you so much, Nachum. Nice speaking to a you. A pleasure. Mrs. Rifka Yudin, she directs Michlelet right here in uh, Beit Shemesh in Israel, and it's always a pleasure to be here uh, and have her program host us at JM in the AM. More coming up. This is a Friday morning edition of JM in the AM, candlelighting at 8.03 on this era of Shabbos. Again, that's 8.03 on this era of Shabbos. And I remind you that um, in the diaspora, it's era of Shabbos Parshas Balak. In Israel, it's era of Shabbos Parshas Pinchas. And this is JM in the AM. Stop by. 
Yaakov Shweki at JM in the AM, Friday morning broadcast from Michlelet. We have spent a lot of time speaking about our next guest. We have spent a lot of time over the last few years lauding our next guest, who's a favorite of Miriam L. Wallach. Uh, working with Amy Moskoff is an absolute delight. Not for her. Not for her. It's I promise much. you. <laughs> what? This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. It's not a delight for her. It's a stressful situation, which she knows that we're around the corner. But for us, it's been amazing. She directs uh, NCSY Summer's national office and uh, really is working on NCSY Summer, I guess, from the moment the summer programs end. Would that be accurate? The second it ends. We're already working on next summer. You're already working on next summer. My gosh, that's what it takes. So we, we, were, um, we were speaking to uh, Arye Frankel before, speaking about the logistics, and he has one of the toughest jobs, as you know, mm-hmm. because he's got to make sure every single camper and staff member is where they need to be in a variety of places every single day during the summer. Um, I think you have a similar type of job in that you are um, looking at applications, accepting, for the most part, the, uh, uh, the students, you're then uh, arranging the, the programs, maxing them out like this one. I don't know how you got to 174. That's Extra beds. To say the least. I mean, that's insane. I mean, how much more could it? In, in the era, according to Mrs. Uden, in the era that my daughter was here, they were at 110. And that wasn't that long ago. We every year find new ways to max it out. It's crazy. And, and then on top of that, you're also adding programs. Like David Cutler, I'm sure, turns to you and says, I just came up with a great idea. Let's, or I just heard about this. And that new program is added. And I think it's... I think, and I'm sure you could verify this. If you're in the office and the programs aren't both growing and new programs being formed, it, it sounds. It, it seems like it, it seems like the wrong atmosphere to you, right? It's always got to be an atmosphere of growth. We always have to grow. It's find amazing. new find new ways to manage manage all the applications, all the forms, all the logistics, the supplies, everything we do. A new another program is a whole other level of things we have to do. Amy Moskov's here. Besides our participation, which you were responsible for, and I apologize for that. What did you think of Yom NCSY? It was amazing. I was mostly in the back with you. But right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, but but it, it was looked incredible. good. It sounded good. It was so smooth. It was great. It was it, The heat broke, so that was great. Right. But it, it was incredible. And uh, every summer program within reason, again, you know, those that ended obviously already uh, weren't there. But for the majority of them, they were there that night and everybody was together. And that's always a big bonus and an incredible night of energy and uh, enthusiasm. And uh, and now I guess it's just uh, a matter of keeping going for the rest of the summer. We're on vacation do, do you, now. You well, not, some... not vacation, but <laughs> not at all. <laughs> are you are you in Israel the rest of the summer? We, now? I'm here until right after Tish above. And that's again because of the uh, yeah, logistics have, and the. We have to settle every program, get them all home, get them you know their luggage taken care of, all the supply bags we send. Um, all those different things that we have to take care of, we still take care of from here. A lot of them do end before Tisha B'Av, but right. we, you know, till the end, we're, we're taking care of And people would things. be shocked at how many little details have to be addressed, yeah. right? Yeah, unless you're on in this end, you never you never know how many different details. Just like I said, the luggage, just dealing right. with, you know, getting the supplies here is a whole whole big project. It's unbelievable. And every time you uh, do it for one program, the same thing has to be done. 21. For 21 <laughs> programs, which is incredible. Um, and then you go back to the States... Eventually, everyone's home. The good thing is that uh, you know that they're all spreading the word about how great the NCSY summer programs are, and then the whole process starts again. We start pre-registration today already for next summer. So we announced it last night at UOM NCSY. Wait a second, but has we, that been done before, or uh, usually pre-registration after the we summer? We usually announce it around UOM NCSY, and we have two programs ending today. So we're sending them their Give West and Give East end. 
this week, so we start pre-registering for next summer already. Do we know if there's been any reaction to the pre-registration? Um, we didn't send it. We're sending out the link later today. Oh, it's live on our today. website, but we'll be sending it out later today. Wow. I'll tell you, parents got to keep that in mind. With certain programs, you got to make sure up. to get in yeah. early. And this is one of them, by the way. This is definitely. Michelle will fill up right away. Is Colel also its largest number ever? Um, not largest ever. It's pretty large. I think it was a few larger last year. Would you year. consider it sold out, though, basically? Are um, they tapped out or not? We're pretty tapped out. Maybe you could have used one or two more, but really... Pretty, pretty much at its highest. Unbelievable. Well, we like spending our time with these two programs. They're really flagship programs, plus, of course, the others that visit us while we're here and while we're at Colel. I thank you, Amy, very, very much. Continued success. Thank you. You are, again, regarded as uh, somebody who has one of the hardest jobs. So yeah. we, we have a great team. We have a very large and great team in our you office. You are working with a lot of people, we, right? Yeah, we're 11 people right now just on the summer programs team, national summer programs team. Unbelievable. It's, it's pretty large. But when you think of the numbers, you have no choice. Yeah. Yeah, you need people to take care of it. Thank you very much, Amy Moskov. Amy Moskov, NCSY Summer National Office, uh, 11 staff members, and uh, quite obvious to all of us why 11 staff members are necessary, to say the least. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with uh, Ari Goldwag on this uh, Friday morning Erev Shabbos. Reminder, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Balak in the Diaspora, Erev Shabbos Parshas Pinchas here in Israel. Candlelighting in New York at 8.03 Friday morning, and Rabbi Jacob Bernstein is with us. He directs the NCSY Next Step program. A pleasure to welcome you to J.M. in the A.M. Thanks for having me. What is Next Step? It is a program that allows both day school and public school students from around the U.S. and Canada to come to Yushalayim and to not only tour and to experience Israel as it is, but to also invest themselves into uh, interning into various different uh, companies and, and organizations in Yushalayim. Have so, we heard of any of those companies or organizations? Uh, Hadassah in Kerem, you've oh, heard of I've it? Heard of <laughs> um, research, uh, the aquarium in Jerusalem. We have two interns there working with the veterinarian. Uh, we've got in medicine, high-tech, all around Yushalayim. It's funny because the first time we spoke about Next Step, I don't, I don't remember if it was with you or not, but the first time we spoke about it on these airwaves, um, it was, we were told that there was skepticism at the beginning. Would these companies and organizations welcome, for a period, a relative period of, of just a few short weeks, an internship from North American students? And we then discovered that the offers were incredible, coming in fast and furious. Are you feeling it? Totally. In fact, actually, over the course of the summer, a number of the internship locations who said, hey, we'll take two this summer, have told us already for next summer they want four. They've, they've come in with the expectation that our interns, you know, American teens, right. they'll come in, they'll <laughs> want to sit in the air conditioning on the computer, hanging out, and they've totally blown them away, impressed them well beyond what their expectations were. And, and why is it that their work has been so effective? <laughs> Have you trained them and, and let them know not to give up this opportunity? So, yes, on one hand, we've done our part as a staff, but I don't even want to take credit for this. This is totally, we have an amazing, amazing group of teens who are really devoted to doing this. It's self-selecting in some ways because this is a program that really requires that you're interested in doing the work. Um, But we have teens that really are interested in stepping, taking that next step. So how much of the week are they spending in these corporations and organizations compared to being on the other parts of your program? Great question. So basically we're here for a month. So the first couple of days the goal was to create a community where we're touring up in the north, had Shabbat out looking over Yushalayim, and then came in that Sunday, basically three weeks of Sunday through Thursday, which is a nice adjustment for them instead of Monday through Friday, right. Sunday through Thursday. And they're working from about 9 till 3.30 every oh, so day. Every day it's a full day, back. Yeah, yeah. And then we have a full night program for them well, as well. Well, what happens after 3.30? Ah, so depending on the evening, sometimes we have educational experiences. Sometimes we have fun. T- we try to really give them a nice mesh of a full summer experience and allow them to experience Israel as well. So the informal dual curriculum does not scare them away, huh? It's, it's triple, I would say. It's triple curriculum. It's triple. Internship, <laughs> having fun, and touring Israel, all, all of which in, in one summer. Amazing. And um, are they from all over North America, from different places? Yeah, we've got from Miami to New York to L.A. We've got, uh, we've got from Canada, from... Montreal and Toronto, they're all over. What's the potential on this program? Is this going to be one of those that attracts a large number uh, eventually? What's yeah, the- the, this, is, this is the beginning. This is only the beginning. I think that we, once, we, once we get into next year already, we're going to look at two buses already. I think we're going to – I'm not committing that online. But, <laughs> we're but there could be, be that many? We, oh, for sure, because it's all based on location. If we do one in Jerusalem we have X number of internships there, we could get just as many internships in a location. Like you said, all these internships are running after us at this point to kind of get, oh, get involved. They want our teens. 
Uh, so I think that there are a number of teens out there who are looking to really take that next step, build their resume in the summer experience, but not just to be sitting in Manhattan building their resume and then going home and have nothing to do at night. I wonder what this will do for their future uh, job experience and their future job potential. I mean, it could, it could be very effective for some of their resumes. Definitely, definitely. We have teens that are really re, we have te- two teens in the municipality in Jerusalem, the Jerusalem government, reworking their entire website to make sure that it's actually English and not translated English, <laughs> um, and not and, Google and re- Translate. Exactly. <laughs> um, and we have teens really like uh, an unbelievable. We have uh, teens in a place called Fighter where they're where they're testing different um, plants to see if they could find different cures to diseases through those plants. Unbelievable what they're doing. Uh, and we're hoping that each internship will provide a letter of recommendation at the end of the program for these teens to uh, to, to take that, and then their next steps after this program as well. It must be an interesting admission process. You have to make sure that someone you're placing in a science atmosphere like that really has the background and the academic acumen to, totally. to really lend something to that program. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's a little bit like a Shadchan situation. Right. <laughs> I have teams coming in with requests of different areas. I need to make sure that they're capable of doing those. And we have to make sure that we're communicating with the internship providers that the program is uh, set for them and that the internship will be right for them on both ends. Rabbi Jacob Bernstein, director of Next Step, the internship program here in, uh, in Israel with NCSY summer programs. Um, it's a very impressive, uh, we've, been, we've been spending so much time during these two days mentioning that Jewish teens can spend their summer in so many varieties of ways, sure. many of them so much more fun than the programs that they're on when you think about it, or at least they might think it's more fun, and yet they're ready in your case to make a commitment to work five days a week, a full schedule, just to be in the work and not-for-profit environments that you described. I think that's pretty cool. It's amazing. I talk to people about this. like It's a little bit like a Sherut Leomi situation. Right. If, if, you, if a teen from America is willing to give up their, even three weeks of their summer to devote themselves to working in, in Yerushalayim, that's like a whole year for somebody else. Correct. Their summer is a big deal for them, so they're really invested. Since we found that only a minute ago, that early registration starting for next year, it's possible you're going to start hearing already for people for the summer of 2020. We're excited. We're excited I can only imagine. And Rabbi Jacob Bernstein has one other distinction, that is he's a student of uh, Miriam L. Wallach from his days back in... Uh, Former student, excuse me. That a was lifelong weird. student. That was a weird. Lifelong it's a student. lifelong experience when you're <laughs> when you're a student of Miriam Al Wallach. What school was that in? In Hafter. And do you remember the experience fondly? Or are you still uh, suffering the after effects? I remember. <laughs> I remember it very fondly. Very fondly. <laughs> I thank you so. PTSD is right. <laughs> I thank you very very much for visiting us today. Continued success with the program. Thanks for having me. Rabbi Jacob Bernstein directs uh, Next Step, this amazing internship program that has uh, already made its mark, but has some amazing potential uh, here with the NCSY Summer Programs. We have more coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
A beautiful instrumental, Lachadodi, here as we now switch from Michlelet, where we spent the first half of our Friday morning JM in the AM, to NCSY Kolel. That's right. I don't want to give the impression that this is the penultimate of the NCSY summer programs, but some might suggest that. Uh, that here we are, culminating an amazing week with NCSY, from Yom NCSY to Michlelet, and now to this incredible NCSY Kolel, where we are uh, in person on Thursday night. Uh, for a Friday morning JM in the AM, I remind you it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Balak in the diaspora, Pinchas here in Israel, and candlelighting in New York is at 8.03, and the director of NCSY Kolel and the managing director of NCSY is, of course, Rabbi Moshe Benevitz. Thank you for welcoming us back to Beit Meir and the NCSY Kolel. You might as well get your dorm room already. You've uh, been here so many times. Good idea. May as well just move in. A lot of people find it hard to believe that there are so many in the hundreds of students in our yeshivas and the day schools in uh, in the United States who want to spend their summer vacation doing this. And by this, if you see the video, I, of course, am referring to all this incredible Torah study that's going on in the base medrash. And if you hear the audio in the background, people can get an idea of just how active a base medrash this is. This is a typical night, Rabbi Benevitz. Oh, we have yeah, not we set anything <laughs> up because you knew we were coming. This is a typical night. This is the typical night activity. This is absolutely the typical night activity. This is what you would see any night of our entire summer. And uh, you mentioned the word active. It is an active base medrash, and that's what you're looking at right now. Uh, this is one of our largest groups that we've ever had, and what are we uh, at? it's amazing. There are 270 high school boys here this summer, and we have another uh, close to 100 staff members that are here. So this base matters accommodates 400 people on a regular basis throughout the summer. Here. When I said hundreds, I thought I was exaggerating. I wasn't. It's pretty amazing. Obviously from everywhere around North America and from Israel, we'll that learn later as You'll well. We'll some which of them is, later. Which is pretty interesting. And uh, I assume you're off to a great start. It Thank sounds God. like oh, it. Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And to see the enthusiasm, the excitement, the happiness uh, on their faces, it, it tells you the entire story. You couldn't fake it if you wanted Do to. Do you think some parents would marvel at a video you would send them of their son doing this tonight? There might be a couple uh, who would be surprised to see it, but that, that's the beauty and magic of it. Look, in summer programs in general, I think you see that the camp experience, just to get them to go back to that word, to get them active and to get them, well, what, what do any of us want from our kids? Uh, what do we want them, what, what, do we, what do we want to see them doing? We want to see them with big smiles on their faces. We want to see them doing something productive. We want to see them being the best versions of themselves they can be. That's what they would look at and they would see here. And, and, and yeah, I don't know if it's sad, I don't know if it's happy. It would surprise some of the people to see the way in which that happens and the extent to which it happens. But that's, that's our privilege and that's our honor to see that on a daily basis over here. There's so much enthusiasm. There's so much optimism. And there's so much productivity. They're doing something. They're doing something great. They're yeah. doing something real. And that's, that's what makes it work. They're that's accomplishing the a great deal. Right? Moshe Benevitz with us. We're at the NCSY Colo. Um, who have you chosen for this season's Madrichim and Rabbanim to lead this group. I know we can't go through every name. I would assume you have a lot of returnees in terms of Absolutely. rabbis and among the Madrichim as well. Well, so we have very little turnover on our professional rabbinic staff. Certainly with our Rashi Yeshiva, we've been privileged to have Rav Shechter, Rabbi Sabalovsky, and Rav Tversky 
uh, all from Yeshiva University. Uh, they'll be spending their, they're all into their second decade of being with us, and wow. they're actually all in the base Medrash right now, and they participate. I mean, it's, it's remarkable to see their interactions with the high school boys. Rav Shachter uh, sits and he learns with groups of four or five throughout the entire day, from before Shachras in morning to after Marav at night. He, he barely moves except for a couple of times when he gets up to go to the meals, uh, and he rotates through. Boys who just sit and learn with him the entire time, Rav Tversky and Rav Sabolowski, uh, do very, very similar types of things, and, uh, and they're here, and they've become a major staple of the program. With By the, the way, we should point out that there are rabbis and other community leaders who would do anything to have that type of access yes. to the three gentlemen you just mentioned. Well, we actually have. We assigned to all of our madrichim, we assigned jobs to them, and one of those jobs over the past few summers has been fielding calls from all of those rabbis that you mentioned wanting to know when they can get an audience or a seat at that table that is occupied by these very lucky, very fortunate, and very special young men from high school from across North America. And they get it. They do appreciate it. You think they're young. They wouldn't appreciate it, but they do get oh, they, what they type love, of privilege It's they unbelievable. Have. First of all, these things are taking place generally in their off hours. So we have boys uh. who are coming in right off the basketball court because they have a 5.30 chavrusa in the afternoon uh, with Rav Shechter. Boys who are coming early to Shachras just to be able to sit and learn with them a little bit. So, that, I mean, that's all the proof you need about that and, and how much they do appreciate it. Then you have uh, other rabbinim, other rabbinim. Rabbis were here. So we have some returnees. Almost all returnees. Right. Uh, it builds up after a while. We've uh, been able to include a couple of new rabbis, Rabbi Nussan Rich, Rabbi Josh Grajauer, uh, most recently of South Florida, who's now moving to the New York area and taking a full-time oh, wow. position with NCSY as the director of day school engagement for our programs in New York and New Jersey, NCSY. Uh, Rabbi Grajauer and Rabbi Rich are the new faces, but we have about 17 other uh, rabbis who are all in there, you name it, 3rd, 4th, 10th, 11th, 15th year. Um, four of those Rabbeim now were NCSYers on this program <laughs> a decade or two ago. Uh, so it really does perpetuate itself, and it's a beautiful thing. There's and then, of course, the Madrichim, where the people are knocking down your door all year round to be a Madrich here. We're not, we're not starving for applicants right. uh, for really those amazing. positions. We're able to take... Uh, we're able to take people who really understand what this is and, and how to do it. Uh, and that's where we get a little bit of the uh, innovation and a little bit of the creativity and the new blood. It's always something new, and there's always turnover on the Madrich staff, and uh, that's a very, very exciting thing for us as well. All right, Moshe Benevitz, we're in his summer home, NCSY Kolel. What did you think of Yom NCSY? Oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> that energy and that, uh, that level of passion and enthusiasm what were they celebrating last night? You had 2,000-plus teens who were just jumping up and down, and it wasn't for nothing. They're just celebrating being Jews in the land of Israel and being so proud of that identity. And whether it's a young man or a young woman from a, a weaker background, perhaps, from a community that's not as strong, or whether it's a young man or a woman who's attending a regular yeshiva day school, they both lack too often that pride and that sense of, of celebration and that sense of enthusiasm. And we saw it last night, and we all learned from it. It's I also thought they were celebrating togetherness, unity. No question about it. You know, newfound friends and, and the whole camaraderie that 
the entire summer program family feels. You know, I was thinking because we wear, I don't know if any people, how many people saw the videos and got to see the, the pictures of it, uh, but we had, it was covered in a lot of the, the media as well, each program has its own color right. t-shirt that they wear. We do that for a lot of reasons, to help with our own uh, kind of branding, I guess you'd call it, certainly to help with supervision and to keep people getting on the right buses, but it presents this unbelievable kind of quilt work that you get from it. I was suggesting at one point that maybe there should be a rule that you should only be dancing with a person with a different color shirt. <laughs> it happened naturally, though. It didn't even have to be suggested. If you look down at the dance floor, you look at these combinations of people that are coming together. So, no question, an absolute celebration of unity. If you and I are looking at 270, whatever the exact number is, of students, that's aside from the Madrichim, etc., do you think that there's sort of an obligation to try to get as many young men as possible into a program like this? Because I know there are always many out there who, unfortunately, you can't, you can't take everybody. But the program is so unique and so revolving around Torah, you probably feel horrible when you have to turn someone away. Absolutely. We, we feel an amazingly strong obligation for exactly that because of the reason that you said, because of the uniqueness. I believe the best programs out there, and there are many, right. we are not the only one, both within the NCSY universe and uh, our many partner programs. By partner, I mean people that we work closely with and that we respect enormously. They're the ones that add a unique value. They're the ones who say, look, this is something that we're going to do and we're going to try to give over. And there's not really anybody else who's doing it exactly like that. And we all have in our mind what those programs are. The programs that stand the test of time are the most successful are the ones that do that. And, and as you said, when you have that formula and when you feel like you are doing something that really is different and really is needed by our community and the constituents that we're trying to, to service and trying to provide something for, that creates an enormous sense of obligation to take as many of them as you can, to come up with a program that retains elements of intimacy, certainly making sure that the individual attention... That's why people may have been surprised by that number I said. We yeah. start with the 270 and there's another 100 staff members because we're not going to compromise on the individual attention that they're required. Specifically now in this base manager, what you're looking at what goes on at night is virtually every NCSYer has a one-on-one. We have only half the group in the room right now. The other half is going to rotate in from their shiurim in a minute. I know it looks full as it is, yeah. but believe it or not, this is half. This is not 400. This is all the staff members learning with half of the group, and then they're going to flip at the top of the hour and get because that's the individual attention that's required also. But that's on us to create a program with warmth and intimacy, individual attention, without saying we're going to cut it off at 74. No, we got to take everybody who wants to come because, uh, because they need it, and we want to give it to them. You probably heard how I opened this segment. I sort of suggested that there was a... A build-up to coming to NCSY Kolel, and I'm sure, and I, 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 the people that are in Michlelech, and I don't want to insult them, and I certainly don't want to insult the many, many programs that we interacted with last night. But you know that there is something of going through the week and having you know interactions with all different type of Jewish youth, and then getting to the base medrash on a Thursday night. There's something to that, and for us, I think that that's the feeling that I was conveying a few minutes ago, that there's something to being here at the end of the week. I would assume this is a base measure that's going to be active until the morning practically, because after all, it's Thursday night. And there's just something about that going into Shabbos with that real rush of Torah. No question. Thursday night here is so extraordinarily special, and, 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 and you captured it as really as a metaphor for the movement, the flow, the direction that the entire organization takes. This is not just the week leading up to tonight. This is all our efforts through the year that are leading up to this this base measures tonight to this energy to this excitement to this 
focus, the centrality of Torah, and it's actually true in, in real time. Right now in the base matters, some of them will be on, on the show and being interviewed in a little bit. Right now in the base matters, we have groups of young men from other programs, particularly from some of our uh, TJJ programs that are here in the base matters. This will be the third of about a dozen visits of the different TJJ Oh, not groups. just Thursdays. Uh, well, well, we encourage them on Thursday nights. Right. Thursday nights the best time. Right. But again, that's it. That's that culmination. You do all these experiences, and then you end up at the top of the mountain. And this base madrish, that's the top of the mountain. Yeah, people who, uh, who've who experienced what you're saying know exactly what we mean. If you haven't yet, folks, I hope you have the opportunity at one point to do so. Uh, finally, so Shabbos this week is in or out? We are out the Shabbos. We are out the Shabbos. Yes. Everyone goes their separate ways. That's right. You reconvene Sunday, and then at some point you will have another in Shabbos, which is another incredible experience for these boys. Shabbos and Beit Meir, I think they have their own song about it that they sing, just Shabbos and Beit Meir. It's, uh, you have to experience it to really understand it and believe it, but it's the way Shabbos is supposed to be. Yeah, it must be very exciting. And the same Rebbeim that you were speaking of earlier, they do spend Shabbos with the boys uh, as well, right? Rabbi Kamenetsky, as you know as well as anybody, right. Rabbi Stroll Kamenetsky, uh, Kabbalah Shabbos in a tish on Friday night, it does not get any better. But I'm, what I'm asking is someone like Rav Shechter would be here on a Shabbos? Oh, absolutely. That must absolutely. be remarkable. It is very We're going to speak to you again. We're going to overwork you tonight. Okay. That's our goal. So thank you, Ari Looking forward to it. I certainly look forward as you're going to bring us some of the students, some of the young men that are here, the teens that are part of NCSY Kolel. Plenty more coming up, everybody, as we continue on. This, uh, what's for us, a Thursday night, but for everybody who's tuned in, it is a Friday morning, JM in the AM. And I thank you so much for tuning in and for being part of this. Uh, we will continue with a little bit of uh, Erev Shabbos music as we remind everybody in the New York area, candlelighting at 8.03. On this Erev Shabbos Parsha's Bullock here in Israel, they will read Parsha's Pinchas. And this is JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. A, a beautiful um, Mim Komcha from Shabbos with the Werdigers. It's a Friday morning broadcast. We are at NCSY Kolel. I could tell the parents of uh, NCSY Kolel young men, teens, that uh, your boys are doing well. We're looking at a full bait midrash, a remarkable bait midrash, with a lot of uh, wonderful Torah study going on. And uh, enjoying this experience. And a big shout out to all of the NCSY summer programs. Those who are with us at Yom NCSY. Those who were, uh, th- those that we uh, that visited with us during our Thursday morning and so far our Friday morning programs. Um, they're doing a lot of great work. And those of you who are not familiar with NCSY summer programs, you check out the NCSY summer programs website, and uh, you'll see exactly what they are all about. Mark Fine is with us. Mark, good evening to you. Good evening to you. Mark is the director of TJJAP. So earlier today, during our Michlelech portion of this program, we spoke to Rabbi Konigsberg and others, including the founding director of uh, TJJ. So, so he, he was director of bus number 11. So that's TJJ with at least 11 buses or so, right? In fact, we said we're going to get him promoted to bus number 8 or 9. But anyway, uh, then on top of that, there's something called TJJ Ambassadors Program. Explain what that is. Sure. So TJJ Ambassadors Poland is for students who went on TJJ. They were inspired that a meaningful summer. They're looking for what's next. So TJ Ambassadors Poland was designed for the So it's mature, Ambassadors Poland. Correct. So we spend a week in Poland, followed by three weeks in Israel. All public and community day school teams who are looking to really dive deeper into their Jewish identity, their understanding of the Holocaust, and build their connection to Israel and leadership skills. So does everybody have to be a TJJ graduate in order to be part of TJJ A Poland? So around three-quarters of the trip are uh, TJJ alumni. And what's the total number of, uh, of teams that are on it? Yeah, so this year we actually expanded to two buses, and we have uh, 81 teams this summer. Largest summer yet. That's pretty amazing. Um, we asked this question of every head uh, of TJJ that joins us. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. Mark Fine? I love questions you, that start with, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, would, first of all, you probably know exactly what I'm going to ask you. Wouldn't you agree that if you were a teenager living in the United States of America and you had the voluminous options that are given them to have how to spend their summer vacation, wouldn't you think TJJ Ambassadors Poland would not be very high on the list? Well, as a... Obviously, as the mature, reflective, leadership-oriented <laughs> teen that I clearly was, beyond my years, I obviously... You were one of those. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, uh, would have decided to delve deeper into my Jewish identity through such an intense learning experience. Uh, but my sh- point being, of course, <laughs> that it's hard to believe sometimes that they want to explore all this when there are a million other options yeah, out there. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's truly special that they choose to dedicate their, their summers to learning about their heritage in such a meaningful way. Uh, nobody accidentally ends up on a trip where they're choosing to learn about the, the Holocaust. Now, just so I have it clear, the Poland part of the trip already took place? Uh, now that we are here in Israel, yes. That took place. And could you describe from your standpoint the type of effect it had on the participants? Sure. Uh, when you ask Jewish teens nowadays what is defining or core to their Jewish identity, they'll say the Holocaust in Israel. If you ask them why, they'll say the Holocaust in Israel. If you ask them why, they'll say the Holocaust in Israel. But they don't necessarily get why. They don't necessarily get the diaspora experience. They don't necessarily get what happened or why it matters. Good and point. When, when you're actually there and you're walking through the camps and seeing it with your own eyes, when you're actually experiencing the life pre-war and being in the shtetl and being in these synagogues and singing and bringing it to life, you truly understand 
that this trip and our journey as Jews isn't about the death and oppression. It's about how can we bring life? How can we continue legacy? How can we be the next chapter in that story? And they begin to connect with this uh, responsibility and privilege of being that generation that gets to continue what came before. Amazing description. You've brought some teens with you. Absolutely. These are actual TJJ ambassadors, Poland teens. Actual real-life teens. We're starting with someone from Vancouver, Sagiv Fadida. Where's Sagiv? A pleasure. We have a mic. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Anything you want to tell us about Sagiv? Nothing that he isn't capable of telling you himself. <laughs> Tell me about life in Vancouver. Well, What's Jewish life like in Vancouver? Well, Jewish life in Vancouver is very, very nice. We have a bunch of uh, uh, programs happening all around the year. We have USY, NCSY, and I personally love NCSY more than anything else. <laughs> that's good. Um, well, that's in terms of the... Uh, the Jewish side, but there's also a certain type of thing that a lot of people think about Vancouver, which is the the weather. Right. And we have a usual saying in Vancouver, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. <laughs> That'll change, huh? It always changes. How did you discover TJJ? Um, think back to when you first on, heard on TJJ about TJJ or TJJ AP? We'll start with TJJ. How did you hear about the whole concept? I heard of TJJ from my other two sisters who also attended TJJ and nice. as well as TJJ AP. They hey. influenced me a lot on the program. And especially also with my rabbi in Vancouver, Rabbi Wilchford and Rabbi Ross. Very nice. And they really pushed me towards getting into NCSY, going to as many Shabbatons as I can. You have a lot of good colleagues. A lot of good colleagues. What's incredible about uh, Sagiv is he's actually one of ten younger siblings uh, that we have on the trip this year. Uh, which really shows the impact that it has, not just on the individuals themselves, but So your real ambassadors are the older brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Very nice. And you've had a good summer so far? I've had a fantastic summer so, so far. So far, so good, huh? Thank you, Sagiv. Next is Aaron Mammon. Aaron is from Toronto, Canada. Yeah, hi. Another Canadian. Yeah. How, have, uh, how did you hear about TJJ? Uh, well, I started off with NCSY because uh, I go to a public school, and I heard about this thing called Torah High. It's ah. uh, like a private school where you can get credits through NCSY. Right. And uh, I heard some of my friends were taking it, and they said, they're like, oh, it's just a... Uh, like a course to like an easy credit, whatever, just take it. So I'm like, okay, so I decided to do it. And like, because I, I, I didn't really know much about it, and that's what I heard from them. So I'm like, oh, I might as well just get a free credit. And then I took it and I started getting more interested in it. And then at one point they said that we have to fulfill a requirement to grad, uh, to pass the course. So the, the options they gave me was I could either go to a rabbi's house for a Shabbat dinner. Or I can go on a, a New York trip during our uh, March break, which is right. like spring break in the states, mm-hmm. for a week. So I'm like, I'm let's go to New York. Let's yeah. go to New York. So I did that. As I said, we only <laughs> accept very intelligent teams on this program. I see that. Well, that's how I started. Yeah. So I went on the New York trip, and I had a blast. I loved the the fun aspects of it. It was my first time in New York, and then there was also the learning aspect of it, and that actually caught my attention more. Nice. Because uh, when I was younger, like my family, uh, we kept Shabbat. We did that stuff. And we went to shul, but then we kind of fell off the map in terms of like the our Jewish community. We we kind of weren't as involved anymore, and I kind of missed that. And there, I had a lot of questions. I didn't get why we did things, and that's why I wasn't really interested in it. Like I thought the course was just kind of whatever. But then after this trip, I got more involved and I got more interested. I started like meeting new people, and I, I went on different Shabbatons. And then it kept building up, and I kept getting more involved. And eventually, I heard about TJJ. I heard about this this big summer program where you go to Israel. And the only other time before that that I've been to Israel was uh, 
2006. I was five years old. I went for my brother's bar mitzvah, so I barely remember any of it. I, so the, only, cha- the only memory I have is a rabbi throwing candy at me. So <laughs> you're I, changing the direction of your whole family. I'm trying. <laughs> but, What's uh, been the highlight of the summer so far? This summer, give me a highlight. Um, in Poland, we went to uh, Treblinka, which is, uh, which is one of the camps. Sure. And there, they have a... Uh, it's just a big open field with a bunch of stones. And each stone represents like a town or a village or a place that perished during the Holocaust there. So That's powerful, it's huh? Just, it's huge. There's tons of stones. There's 14,000 stones wow. there. It's, it's crazy. So we did a few things there. We talked about it. And then we were given time to go and uh, spread out in the area. And we, were, we had journals and we were able to just have free time to like write in our journals we did that at almost every stop in poland phenomenal to allow us to kind of think everything over and just sitting there in this huge open area full of these stones that represent so much history in complete silence was probably even though it doesn't sound that intense it was probably the most intense thing that that happened to me this summer i can understand that well thank you aaron and brandon malamud is here from jacksonville florida move over here sir welcome to the show thank you what's been your highlight so far this summer the highlight of my summer was and my highlight and definitely the happiest moment of the summer was something that i wasn't expecting at first but it was actually walking out of my donic my donic um being the concentration and the death camp where 80,000 of our brothers and sisters were brutally murdered there in gas chambers, crematoriums, and just torture. Walking out of there, seeing over 150 other Jewish faces with me, 150 bright, gleaming souls of energy, just coming out of there was the most beautiful thing. You can ask Mark, you can ask anyone who was there. Tears were streaming down my face. At first it was sadness after I walked away from the gas chambers, from the ovens, and from the massive pile of ashes. However, as we came out, we were singing, singing, and not just singing, it was more praying to Hashem that we have, like, thanking Him for the opportunity that we get to walk out and just thanking Him for the opportunity that we get to live. And myself with 150 other people doing that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Amazing. Well-spoken. All of these guys are well-spoken. And uh, that's it. we got to wrap up. All right. A pleasure meeting you. Regards to Jacksonville and to Toronto and Vancouver. And Mark, thank you very much for joining us Always here. Always a pleasure. Thank I you really for having appreciate us, it. as well as the real-life teens. Yeah, they are real-life teens, all right, and they're amazing. Uh, more coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM on a Friday morning broadcast from NCSY Colwell. Like, 
Friday morning broadcast as we continue here at NCSY Kolel. I remind you that uh, candle lighting in New York is 8.03 on this era of Shabbos. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. All right. We had heard that there are teens not only from North America and not only from the U.K. and not only from South America participating in NCSY summer programs. We heard, just like we did at Michlelet, that there are teens in Israel, some of whom have been living in Israel their entire lives, who have decided to come to NCSY summer programs, including here at NCSY Kolel. Ezra Rosenbaum. Where's Ezra Rosenbaum? Right here. Ezra, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Where are you living, Ezra? Ramat Shiloh. Ramat Shiloh. And one might suspect that somebody who's living his entire life, is it your entire life in Israel? No, I moved How when long? I was six. When you were six years old. Okay, yeah. For the majority of his life. Here in Israel, uh, we would might wonder what would be the attraction of NCSY Kolel. What's the answer? Um, it's a great attraction. It's of great learning. The sports are very um, intense and great, and we're having a great time here. Did you come in here knowing that any of the students here? Did you come in knowing any of the, the kids yes. who are your colleagues here? Yeah, I went to camp before, and uh, my brother came here. And um, I know some of the Rebbeim, so it helped a little, yeah. Oh, now I know who this is, because someone alluded to it earlier. So you're the son of Mark Rosenbaum. Yes, I am. So I know your father when he was younger than you, yes. way younger than you. That's pretty funny. And he does look like Mark. Yes, that's yeah. hilarious. Um, and you're having a good time, it sounds like. Yeah, it's great. So don't think just because you're a almost lifelong resident of Israel, you can't no. come and enjoy. Exactly. And Best Yo- summer ever. Best summer ever. Yosef Gottlieb is here. Uh, Yosef, where do you live? I live in uh, Ramachilo. Also in Ramachilo? Yes. And uh, you've been there your entire life? or no, also- I've made Aliyah with Ezra at six years old. Oh, also six years old. And um, you've had, I'm sure, many choices of where to spend your summer, and yet you've chosen NCSY Colwell. Why? Well, uh, my brother went here for two years. Well, it looked like he had a great time. My dad is a uh, Rav here at Night Seder. So oh, that's I, cool. Yes, yeah, so I've been here a few times. See, that's the best summer ever, so... So it doesn't seem unusual to you that someone who's in Israel would come here, just to outsiders like me, because it's a North American program, it seems somewhat unusual. Yeah, well, there's a few of us from Israel. Right. But we know a lot of kids from America from camps. Yeah, I got that. Uh, what do you think of Yom NCSY? 
probably one of the best nights of this year. It's a good one. Did you you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was amazing. It's a good night, that's for sure. And uh, what's been the highlight of the summer so far in in, in Colel? Are there are there highlights that uh, that you could cite? I mean, every day is like another highlight, but uh, probably the teal tail out was pretty insane. Nice. And what would you say? Um, the teal tail lot for now is probably my highlight. All right. Till now. You guys both enjoyed it, it seems. Yeah. Well, a pleasure meeting you both. And thanks for joining Me us too. here tonight. Thanks for I thanks greatly for appreciate us. it. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and on the Nahum Segal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. We have hit the uh, top of the uh, 8 o'clock hour. Rabbi Yudin, of course, coming up at 8.15 this morning. I do remind you that our, uh, our three-weeks format kicks in late Saturday night, Sunday morning, because Shavasar Batamos is this coming Sunday. So remember, everybody. This Sunday is a fast day, and it begins a lot earlier than you think it does, as I determined Excuse me, as I determined with Yoni Pollock the other day. I assume this is Rabbi Derek Gorman, am I right? That's correct. Rabbi Gorman is the director of the Mechina program here at NCSY Colel. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you for having Can me. Can you believe we've invaded your Beit Midrash? This is incredible. It's not an invasion. It's a, it's a homecoming. <laughs> We're actually welcome here, huh? We'd love to have you. Well, thank you very much. Many people, especially they've been listening for the last hour or so, are very familiar with what NCSY Kolel is. Sure. Can you tell us what the Mechina program at NCSY Kolel is? Sure. So the Mechina program, it's, it's not a separate program. It's simply um, an opportunity for boys that come from a background that um, is not immersed in, uh, in Jewish learning. They're boys who are not in, in Yeshiva Day schools, boys from public schools, uh, who want an immersive awesome experience for the summer that's that's surrounded and where the focal point really is is the limud torah is the learning how many are in the machina program we have 20 boys and the reason i'm somewhat surprised is because i mean is this an academic pursuit and they are choosing torah like is that how you're viewing it or is there something else to it we're not trying to bait and switch anybody we let people know that there are the upwards of six hours a day of learning. Right, but what I'm thinking is why would a public school... See, I understand to a degree why a yeshiva student would want to do this. Sure. And I get that. And it's a wonderful experience, and they're obviously just adding on to what they've been used to over the last many, many years. Here you have public school youth who are probably just beginning an introduction to Judaism and to Torah in some sure. cases, and now they want to be just completely drowning in the, in the sea of Torah? Yeah, so it, it's something very exciting. I, I would say more swimming in the sea as opposed to drowning. <laughs> Good um, point. Hopefully they're swimming. Um, that being said... I'll but I'm the, that's why I go back sure. and wonder if it's an academic pursuit. Like, this is like the sure, so for some it's an academic pursuit. Right. For some it's simply the next step in their growth. Perhaps last year they went on TJJ right. um, or another, another Israel program or have been involved with NCSY programming throughout the years. And this is the next natural step in regards to their, their own religious growth. And we're really excited to, to really sink their teeth into some text. It sounds amazing. What's their schedule like? Schedule, it's the exact schedule as Kolel. So they We're are all studying Torah the same number of hours as a regular Absolutely. Kolel student, Absolutely. just on a different level or a different... On the level that's appropriate for them. Right. Just like every other boy, there are different levels of shirim throughout the Kolel, and this is appropriate for boys that don't necessarily yet um, have, a, have a yeshiva background. Can they have a, a daily relationship with the regular Kolel guys? Not only can they, but they do. They do. They do. Um, and I would say they're even um, perhaps adding more inspiration to the, the boys who come from a, from a day school background because 
all the boys here are asking the same questions that you're asking. Meaning, I understand why I, if yeah. I come come up from Thank the system, you. Thank would, you. you see the some legitimacy go. to my question. However, but my line of question. Yeah, <laughs> but why would a boy who doesn't come from right. this world? Why would they come? And they're choosing to put on a yarmulke and and sitzes and be involved in all of this learning. Maybe all of us should should think twice about what it is we're doing, why we're doing it, and be proud and excited just like the, the whole Machina crew. You know what could be very inspiring if a, an NCSY Kolel teen had a Chavrusa with a Machina team? So you should know it's happening, it's is happening, it happening? as we speak in Night Seder. Because they're, I mean, we don't even realize how much the one who knows more can gain from that whole experience. They're learning in both directions. As we speak, there are multiple Chavrusas between Machina boys and uh, it it's, doesn't, doesn't even feel right to say Machina boys. Right. They're Kolo boys, and they're well, learning I, together. I would say sometimes, especially during free time, meaning the summer months, um, there are kids who, who prefer or find it more enriching to be a little bit more of a teacher in that Chavrusa relationship. Sure. And they get that opportunity to do that, which they wouldn't have during the year, obviously. Sure. When you become a Rebbe, then you really have to learn. Right, you have that's to know, true. You have to know what it is that what you're saying. What did my grandfather always say? Uh, we, you can only, only if, you are, if you are able to explain something does it mean you really know it. Right? Absolutely. You have, to be a, you have to act like a Baal Masbir, otherwise we're Absolutely. not going to assume that you know, you know the, the concepts that you're trying to get. Um, when did this begin? How many summers ago? So this is the third summer. And it started with a handful, I assume. It started with just about 10. Last summer we had a 15, and this summer we're at 20. And please, God, we'll so, continue growing. So, you know, I, I know that Colo doesn't have to recruit, obviously, because we know what the numbers are like here. But is this something that you concentrate on during the year? Do you give, you know... Yeah, so during the year I'm the, I'm the regional director for West Coast NCSY. Uh-huh. Um, so you must know Akiva Naiman. Absolutely. Shout out to Akiva. <laughs> Shalom, Rabbi Naiman. He'd kill me if I don't give him a shout out. <laughs> Um, shout out to everyone on the West Coast for that matter. So you do a lot of good recruiting because those you meet a lot of public school kids and a lot of them, as you describe, want to be in this amazing Correct. ocean of Torah. So we're involved both on the West Coast and I'm in touch with regional directors and chapter city directors around the country during the year um, in hopes to find uh, the best boys that this uh, opportunity is most fitting for. It's amazing. It has such potential, this program. It's really exciting. What a pleasure to see you again. Pleasure's mine. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. Rabbi Derek Gorman, who is the director of the Machina program in Colon. If he go to the West Coast, he's the regional director of NCSY in that gigantic region uh, out West. Uh, more coming up here at JM in the AM as we continue uh, with Udi Davidi at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Udi Davidi with Curry Bone here on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos. Reminder, New York, candle lighting time is at 8.03 on this Erev Shabbos. And we have, uh, we have anxiously been uh, awaiting the opportunity to speak with some of the NCSY Colel teens. And some of the distinguished members of that group have shown up here at J.M. in the A.M. Um, we have one from Philadelphia. Who's from Philadelphia? We have one from Baltimore. And we have one from Los Angeles, California, who seems to enjoy his own microphone when he's on the air. Yechiel Lenner of Baltimore, Maryland. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. How'd you first find out about NCSY Colo? Uh, my dad actually works for NCSY, so I've been pretty much coming here my whole life. Is this your first year? No, I came last year. I loved it, and I was able to come again. And uh, what's been a highlight so far this summer for you of NCSY Colo? It's going to sound cheesy, but probably all of it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and all of it, by the way, we should emphasize, is not just uh, sitting and studying Torah. You guys do get an opportunity to travel, take some hikes, etc., right? Yeah, we actually went to a lot like two days ago. Right. Uh, I left here 2 in the morning to go on a hike at Masada, and then we went down to a lot for water sports the whole day. Um, every day, like there's ball you could play, uh, hockey, uh, trip, optional trip if you want to do every single day. It's they really got awesome. every base covered in this place, huh? What's Jewish life like in Baltimore? Where are you in school there? I'm in Talmudical Academy. All right, we've heard of that. You know how we first heard of Talmudical Academy, right? How? A gentleman named Tamir Goodman. Does that ring a bell? He, he, he Are there does. tributes to him around the school? Uh, I think they took that away when they took away the basketball team. <laughs> oh, that could be, actually. Well, I appreciate you joining us here today and a continued wonderful summer for you here at NCSY Colo. From Philadelphia, it's Bennett Stein who's with us. Yeah. How are you, Bennett? I'm good. How are you? Well, you've answered the question, is there a Jewish community in Philadelphia? I guess the answer is yes. Yes, big one. How did you first, how did you first find out about NCSY Cole? Um, both of my brothers actually attended uh, NCSY Cole. My brother last year was the head EMT, and this year my brother, oh, nice. my brother Zach Stein, is uh, the head of sports. Very nice. I mean, you know there are other options of how you could spend your summer. You know that, True. right? There are a lot of fun things to be done for Jewish youth in the Not United States. That, yeah. And yet you've chosen to go to a program where you're spending a good bulk of your time in this beautiful base medrash. Explain yourself, please. You said it yourself. It's a beautiful base medrash. A lot of great kids. A lot of great great trips I go on. A lot of sports. That's all I need to hear. And I'm, I'm in. What did you think of Yom NCSY? That was great. I liked seeing all of the other people, all types of people come together and as one Hebra and, and sing along and dance along. It was great. Are there other uh, Jewish youth members from Philadelphia who are in NCSY programs? Not so many on NCSY, but there's definitely some around. And you saw some of them on NCSY or not? Yeah, I did. Oh, so there's a representation out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Well, enjoy the rest of your summer. I will. Thank you. And thanks so much for joining us. And now, the gentleman who claims that he's used to his own microphone, that would be Jake Fishman from Los Angeles, California. Jake, how, how are, are you? you? I'm what do you want to tell my What do you want to tell my distinguished audience? Go right ahead, sir. Um, well, I'll tell you about my uh, my trip here, so to speak. I'd like to hear about it. Go right um, ahead, sir. So I pre-summer had no plans. I was planning on, you know... That means what? Two, three weeks before the summer? How uh, long before? A few months. Okay, a few months before. So let's just say summer was going to be a lot of schluffing, you know, and uh, a local legend from Los Angeles, California. My uh, Irvin dis- Johnson? Almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, my distinguished principal, Rabbi Aryeh Suffren, ah. pulled me into his office and he is uh, notorious for uh, convincing kids to go on... He will not take no for an answer! No, he will not. <laughs> 
And um, after a little bit of work, I was convinced. And a few months later, I was on a plane. Very nice. And, and this is the first time you're here? This is my first time going into 12th grade, so I'm a little older than every, than some of the people here. Right. We have a good chevra, about 60 guys um, going into 12th grade, so right. it's pretty nice. But, um, I mean, I don't know if the audience can hear, but there's kind of a loud ringing in the background. Explain what that is, Jay. So uh, that is the Kol Torah that you can't find anywhere else on a summer program with Yeshiva Dave School boys that all come for six weeks to uh, learn the Abishur's Tyra. And I think that, I think that uh, Rabbi Suffren convincing me to come here is probably a good idea because when you're sitting in this base and you hear this, this noise, it's impossible not to be inspired. It's I think we need to send it. a recording of this conversation to Rabbi Suffren out of L.A. I'm expecting you know, large uh, perks next year. I would think. I yeah. mean, after all, you listen to his advice, and look, you're flourishing so far in this environment. Well, it's just the beginning. Are there no any other Los Angeles, Angeles members, any other teens from we L.A.? We have um, a bunch going into 10th grade, right. and we have one kid from... Um, from Shalhevet, who's going into 12th grade, who actually did uh, TJJ last year and was so inspired when he came to visit NTSY Colo that he's now back as a full-fledged NTSYer. As I asked your colleagues, do you have a highlight of this summer so far that you could share with us? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that there is something about sitting in a shear by someone so great like the people we have here in NTSY Colo. And yeah, the Madrichim are great, and yeah... Uh, you know, all the your chavrusas and talmidim are so great. But sitting down with in Shir with Rav Sobolovsky or with a uh, one-on-two chavrusa with Rav Shechter and hearing the words of Torah that come out of their mouths, and it's it's so hard not to just blow your mind, you know? Would everybody please help me evaluate Jake Fishman's appearance on JM and the AM? What do you say? Not bad, huh? Yeah, I'm expecting a full review afterwards. A full review. Believe me, we're going to have a nice discussion after the show. A pleasure meeting all of you. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. Uh, there you have it. You have some of the uh, <laughs> some of the representatives of North America who are teens here at NCSY Kolal. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire list in the audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good to have Shabbos, everybody. Wow, what a treat to be able to give this uh, shear to you from Ramat Shemesh in Eretz Yisrael. What a treat it was to be here together with Nachum. And I hope that all of you are planning very quickly to come and first start visit. And just remember, this is home. I just want to tell you, before we get to the parsha of Parshas Bolak for us, in Eretz Yisrael, they're going to be reading Parshas Pinchas. But I just have to tell you one exciting idea, that if you haven't heard the excavation that is going on at every day, so it really shows that, quote, our ancient history is a work in progress. So what did they find? They found most recently a pilgrimage road, namely that going from the Mehashiluach, from the Sinwan pool, literally where people would go to the mikvah, from there how a direct road up until Har Habayis. So 
we now have that literal road where they walked and Amir Tzashem, as we'll talk at the end of this program that we have to start, unfortunately, tomorrow, this Shabbos, is Shabbat We're not going to fast, as we'll talk about, but Sunday starts officially the uh, fulfillment of the three weeks. Just understand that I begin with this, and we'll end with this, that the words of the Navi Zechariah from chapter 8, where he promises us that Shavasa Batamus Tzom Horavii will become a holiday. And we're getting there. And we should feel that excitement which is in the air in Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bolak. Ask me how many mitzvos there are in Parshas Bolak. And the answer is none. Oh my goodness. If there are no mitzvos, so why does the Torah spend no less than 95 psukim? Unbelievable. Talking about the whole plan of Balak, the king of Moab, and hiring Bilam to curse the Jewish people. Come on, what's the significance thereof? So I'd like to tell you the following. A. The Gemara in Brachos Yud Beis Amid Beis tells us the following. We know there is a mitzvah found in Parshas Re'eh, whereby the Torah tells us the mantiskor es yom mitzrayim You are to remember <coughs> the Exodus from Egypt every day of your life. Now, remembering doesn't mean simply to keep it in mind, but the same way that Tiskor is found there to remember, Zohar is Yom HaShabbos Lekadcho. Tonight, for Kiddush, we're not going to come to the Shabbos table and say, okay, everybody remember. No, we're going to articulate. We're going to recite Kiddush. So, same is true. The rabbis tell us that when the Torah says, the Mantiskor, there is to be a recitation. So picture yourselves around the table of the Chachamim who are formulating the Siddur and basically Ansheik Knesset Agadola and they're deciding, okay, which part of Torah shall we recite daily in order to fulfill the mitzvah of remembrance of Yetzirah Mitzrayim. So we know that the parsha of Tzitzis won out and that is the third Parsha of the Kriyashma. Good. However, sitting around the table, the Gemara has the opinion of, um, here we go, Amrav Yehuda Bar Zvida. And what did he have to say? Wow. Bikshu Likvoa Parsha's Bolak Bikriyashma. They wanted to institute that the third paragraph of the Shema should be Parsha's Bolak. This week's Torah reading. And why wasn't this included as part of the Shema every day? The same way that we conclude the Shema with Parsha Sitzis, we should read Parsha Balak every single day. And the Gemara says, you know why we don't? Because it would be an imposition 
on the congregation, those people that have to go to work, those people that have to go to learn, oh my goodness, to read 95 psukim. It, but if not for that, if not for the fact that it was a tircha b'tzibura, now wait a second, what's in there which is so significant? So the Gemara says, basically, there are two psukim that are in there. One, kale motziam mimitzrayim, right? The pasuk that says explicitly in chapter <coughs> 23, Pasuk 22, that he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is the one who took us out of Mitzrayim, so we would fulfill the Mantiskor with this Pasuk. And in addition, what else is going for it? Which means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is lying in wait, says Rashi, to protect Klai Yisrael if anybody comes to attack us. Now, I want to tell you a beautiful... Um, Hassam Sofer, who is basically going to answer the question, true, we don't say this every day, it's too long. But if it weren't too long, we'd be saying this every day. Give out, who wants to read about Bilam, the maneuver, right? There's no good way to translate maneuver in English, you know what that means. He was anything but a good person. Why should we read this every single day? Hassam Sofer, gives a beautiful answer. And he says, listen carefully. Yitzias Mitzrayim, this was witnessed by over two million people. Kriyas Yamsuf was witnessed by over two million people. The giving of the Torah at Sinai was witnessed by over two million people. How many people knew that Balak had this whole arrangement with Bilam? How many people knew that the design of Bullock and Bilam was to curse the Jewish people. And I have to tell you, take out the Gemara Brachos. And earlier in the Gemara Brachos on Dab Zion, the Gemara has a fantastic uh, concept as to what we should appreciate uh, as to what happened over here. The background for these 95 psukim which deal with Parshas Bilam, which I'm going to tell you, as you're going to see in a moment, there's nothing less than a love story. We know Shirashirim is a love story, but Parshas Balak says the Hassam Sofer is a love story. What does that mean? It means that no one knew about this. The Torah informs us that Bilam wanted to curse, HaKadosh Baruch Hu prevented it. So first of all, this is there for our emuna, you believe it? You don't believe it. It is our emuna anima min bemuna shleima that this is what happened. But more significantly, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu prevented it from happening. Now the Gemara goes on to say, and please, we're entering now a metaphysical zone. Ooh, says the Gemara, based upon the pasuk in Tilim, chapter seven. Put your hands down. I don't know what this means, but literally it means that God gets angry every single day. In other words, as much as we try our best, there's always more that we could do. So he's a drop disappointed, and you'll see why I'm using that word in a moment, in our behavior. So he has every right to a little be upset every day. But now the Gemara says, how much, how long is God's anger? Rega. 
a moment. And how much is a rega? The Gemara goes on to say, you'll forgive me a millisecond, as you'll see yourself there, right before the wide lines on 7a in Brachos. Now watch. Says the Gemara, <coughs> and no individual <coughs> knew the secret as to when it was that moment that Bil- that Akrish Baruch Hu was angry. The only one who knew that moment was Bilam Arasha. As it says, Yodea Das Elyon. Okay, and he knew that exact moment. And now watch this. So, says the Gemara, that the Navi comes and tells us, the Navi Micha, from this week's Haftorah. Ami, my people, Zachar Noah, remember, my Yoatz Bolok, Melech Moab, what the advice was of Bolok, the king of Moab, lo aleinu to curse the Jewish people, leman das, in order that we should know tzitkos Hashem, in order that we should know the righteousness, the kindness that Hashem does for Klai Yisrael. And what is that? That even though God has that anger daily for that, quote, millisecond, and what was Bilam prepared to do, knowing that millisecond, he would say one word, God forbid, chaf lamed mem, kalem, destroy them. Watch this, says the Gemara, because if Hashem would have been angry, there would have been the end of us. So therefore, what did Hashem do? Melamed, shakol, osana, yomim, during this entire time, that Bilam is there with Bala going from place to place and trying to curse, lo za'am, did not get angry. My friends, this is the love story between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klai Yisrael. And that's why, were it not for the fact that it would take too long to recite this every day, we would be reciting this every single day. What's the significance of this? The significance of this is, like we say in Tehillim, the shortest chapter in Tanakh, Hallelujah, Hashem Kogoyim. Oh my goodness, the nations of the world are going to praise God. Why? They know what they wanted to do, explains the briskarov, Zechron of Racha. And it was only because Hashem thwarted their plans that we have been saved. In other words, we don't realize, but when we say the Shemona Esrei, and we say thrice daily, for the miracles that you provide for us daily, this is the love story of Balak. This is the idea that the Torah is teaching us two words. Let's condense the whole parsha, the first 95 psukim in this parsha, in that there is constant hashgacha, that there is constant protection, concern for Klai Yisrael, even though we are in Golis. And therefore, the Navi Zachariah, excuse me, before we get to the Navi Zachariah, Rav Yaakov Emdin says, oh my goodness, you want to know what the biggest miracle is? The biggest miracle is the survival of Klai Yisrael. Pinch yourself that we're here to tell our story, like we say at the Pesach Seder every year, that Bechol Dovador, 
As much as they try, lo aleinu to what destroy us, Hakadosh Baruch Hu matzilenu miyadon. And this, interestingly, my friends, if you take a look at the second bracha of the Pirkas Hamazon, and we say to Hashem, watch, no delacho, we thank you, Hashem, that you've given us Eretz Chemda Tovor Chava. You've given us such a special land called Eretz Yisrael. Why do we single out these things? So these phenomena that you're going to see in a moment are mentioned in the second bracha of Birkas HaMazon. These are all constant. Eretz Yisrael is a constant. The fact that Eretz Yisrael did not produce for 1900 years to all the different nations that were there. And now just look unbelievable what it's producing for Klai Yisrael in each and every day. You see the fulfillment of the prophecy of the Nevi'im of the special land of Eretz Yisrael. The Aushotisonu Hashem Lakinum Eretz Mitzrayim is taking us out of Mitzrayim. Once again, Lamantiskor, which remember this, the love affair between God and the Jewish people every single day. Once again, David Melech is in the bathhouse and he's taking a shvitz and he's undressed and he says to himself, Oy, ay, ay, no mitzvot. Then he remembers Sasanochi, the mitzvah of Mila. Hashem is with me all the time. These and Torah, our Torah, which sustains us at all times. These are the Constance. And this is what we say every day that this is the emuna that comes through Parshas Bullock. And I'm just going to say as a segue tomorrow, Shabbos is Shavasabatamas. We don't fast on Shabbos, and so we push off the fast until Sunday. It begins the fast. Uh, on Shabbos by Shkia, by, uh, excuse me, oh no, that's only by Tisha We The fast begins on Sunday morning at Alos. I don't have the exact time for the New York, etc. area. Your local Orthodox rub will tell you, but it begins on Sunday morning. And we begin on Sunday, go to Shul, even those that don't go during the week, Go to shul Sunday morning. Be there. Kriya Torah for Slichos. And understand that with this um, uh, Sunday, begin the period known as the three weeks leading up to Lo'alinu, Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, which is the saddest day that we commemorate all the tragedies. Five tragedies occurred on Shavasa Batamas, including the breaking of the luchos, and remember what Hashem says at the time after the Cheto uh, Egel, due to the uh, luchos were broken because of the Cheto Egel, Hashem says, Whenever I will punish the Jewish people in the future, I'll always add a little something because of the Cheto of the Egel. There's still time if you can get a haircut today because you can't take a haircut during the three weeks, preferably not to shave as well during the three weeks. Um, swimming is permitted during the three weeks. Interesting, even if one has not done so before this period, until the nine days. Listening to music is forbidden during these uh, days, and therefore one should not go to uh, concerts and opera and theaters, etc. However, um, singing Zemiros 
is permissible. A music teacher can continue to teach, you know, during the three weeks. One who's practicing an instrument can practice during the three weeks. On Shabbos, once again, right, tomorrow, come on, Zemiros, next Shabbos, all Shabbosos, you have permissibility to sing Zemiros. Weddings are prohibited during the three weeks. Right, I'm talking now for Ashkenazic Jewry, okay? And uh, you can get engaged, you can write Tanoim, those that do that at the time of the engagement, and Sheva Brachos, for weddings which took place prior to um, Shabbos, and in the week of Sheva Brachos, they can literally sing and dance without music of instruments. And the idea is that we do not recite a Shekhyonu during this time of the three weeks. However, something that was purchased uh, before uh, the three weeks, you can make a Shekhyonu on Shabbos during the three weeks. So the idea that I want to leave you with is as follows, that the Navi Zechariah promises that Somorvi, the fast of the fourth month, which is the fast this Sunday, the fourth month being we start with Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, Tammuz, the fourth month, will turn someday, please God, the Sasonu Simcha. You're going to tell your children, you're going to tell your grandchildren, you fasted, but Amir Tzashem, they won't. They and we will celebrate together the third base Hamigdash. And how do I know it? Parshas Bolok. Because Parshas Bolok is that beautiful love story between Hashem and Klai Yisrael. And I close with the Gemara in Brachos, Yud Beis, Amid Beis, that on the Pasuk, whereby we're told, Korashachav Ka'ari, Uchlavi mi kimenu. Wow, listen to these beautiful words of Rashi. That this is comparable to Uvishachpacha Uvkumecha, but Uvishachpacha Uvkumecha in the Shema refers to us that when we go to sleep, we say the Shema. When we get up, we say the Shema. Listen to this Rashi. Shagurish Borachu Shomreinu. God watches over us. Bishachvenu Uvkumenu. When we sleep and we get up, that we should be able to sleep comfortably, right, with a clear mind. So we're promised that the best is yet to come. But until we get there, we join Jewish history by our fasting this coming Sunday. And I pray that the fast is going to be a meaningful one for all of us, giving us the opportunity to connect to our glorious past anticipating in Mirz Hashem a very special future. Shabbat Shalom to all. Friday morning broadcast in New York. Candlelighting is at 8.03 on this era of Shabbos. Miriam Pfeiffer and Elizabeth Kurtz are co-chairs of NCSY Summer. I feel like starting by wishing you both a Mazel Tov because we saw at Yom NCSY thousands of participants you see hundreds here tonight. We saw hundreds earlier in this show at Michlelet. It must really feel like a big simcha for you guys as you see these programs up close and personal this summer. Am I right? Thank you, Nachum, for having us. It's, it's really been uh, an amazing two days. I don't know if it's been two or three. I don't even know. 
And uh, actually, to be here in the Beit Midrash, this is my first time ever being in a boys' Beit Midrash, I must say. Um, and it's, it's amazing to be here in Kolel tonight with all this beautiful noise going on. Yom why? how did much did you enjoy that experience? It was uh, beyond words, really. It's, it's the most incredible, exhilarating thing to be amongst, you know, 2,500 Jewish, the, the Jewish future. And that's what you feel at that concert, is you just feel the future of the Jewish people, and it's exhilarating. That is, there's a lot of Jewish youthful energy in that place. Why did you take these positions? There must be a reason why you felt that uh, the passion and the energy yourself to be in this position co-chairing NCSY Summer. Why? That is such an interesting question. Um, actually, because David asked us. <laughs> <laughs> but you must have felt an inclination when he brought the proposal to you. You would think. You must have thought that, okay, you know, actually this makes some sense. Am I right or wrong? I think that both, for both Miriam and I, having had kids, and quite a few of our kids, so successfully, and when I say successfully, I mean come through the NC, come home from NCSY programs so inspired and so excited yep. about not only what they learned, but the land of Israel, that we kind of felt like, wow, this is our way to give back a little bit and say thank you, and to maybe touch a little piece of, of helping that Jewish future. So you both, both remember those days after the programs ended when your kids are coming off this incredible high of having been at one of these programs and you heard about it and said, you know what? We said, we want to be our kids. Yeah. We want to go on an NCSY program. I want to program. be part of it. But all David offered was chairmanship. He didn't yeah, offer anything true. having to do with the program. I, I actually <laughs> asked David if I could ride. For years I've been asking him if I could please ride a TJJ bus. <laughs> So, this is my way on. So far, he, he, so far he, has, he hasn't relented. So in two days, you actually saw up close and personal one or two programs or more than that? Oh, boy. No, we're, we're, we're on NCSY summer parent style, which means, which means go with the flow, change things around a lot on the fly, right. and visit a lot of programs. Oh, so you see, did see a lot of oh, them. Oh, yeah. We uh, saw. Uh, day one, we, we visited four programs. Wow. Um, and uh, yesterday we um, we had a parent uh, NCSY summer uh, parent day trip, where we took um, over twenty parents of NCSY summer participants and some donors on a trip day to give them a feel of what it feels like um, as an NCSY summer participant. And we made sure that to take them, um, we left Jerusalem, made our way to Ranana, and made sure to take them to. Um, places and experiences that were both meaningful and enjoyable and inspirational, just like the NCSY Summer participants um, experience. And you're able to appreciate the nuances of every program, right? Everyone's different. They're doing different things and and achieving different goals and obviously tailored to different kids, and you can appreciate all that. You know what? You must be most happy. We're speaking with uh, Miriam Pfeiffer and Elizabeth Kurtz, co-chairs of NCSY Summer. You must be most happy with the growth that they never rest on their laurels, that every summer there's more and more programs, and obviously the population of kids in those programs goes up and up. And that must be the greatest feeling, that you're helping that growth process along. Well, honestly, I don't know that that, that 
either of us feel responsible for that. If we could, you know, tap into that a little bit. But the NCSY leadership, yeah. um, you know, from David Cutler to his entire staff and Micha and Micha Greenland yeah. and 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 all the regional directors um, are really responsible for for the initiation, for the creativity, and understanding the Jewish market and what's needed. And then we're here to just bounce ideas and and hopefully give some input and say, yeah, let's do that one or help bring new ideas to them and say, you know, we think there's a population that would would like a program like this. But they really get all the credit for being creative and inspirational and saying, let's do it. Anything else you'd like to add, ladies? It's been a good summer so far. It's been wonderful. And it will continue, please, God. And thank you so much for being at the helm of all this. Miriam Pfeiffer, Elizabeth Kurtz, co-chairs NCSY Summer. Thank you both for being here tonight as we broadcast JM in the AM from NCSY Colel. Rena Emerson is with us. She is the CEO of New York NCSY. Rena, welcome to JM in the AM. Thanks so much for having me. Just when people think that NCSY is for every region of the country but New York, you can <laughs> tell them, oh, there's a lot of action happening in New York. New York has the most amount of kids on summer programs this summer. Is that true? Yeah, we have close to 500 from New York. And that dwarfs, obviously, other cities around the United States. Uh, the impression you Most of it is because of NCSY. I hear that, yeah. but still, that's significant. No, it's wonderful. Um, we should point out that the the energy and activity of your, your of your year round programs in New York is unbelievable. Probably at the height of the of the existence of New York NCSY. Thank God, it's really um, it's wonderful. The staff is wonderful. The teens are wonderful. We're growing by leaps and bounds every. And no area of New York's uncovered now when it comes to NCSY. Correct? We are actually starting a new thing next year as a research and development arm of New York NCSY to go into different communities that are smaller that don't have a presence there to see if there could be a presence. Actually, your son is part of this. Uh, oh right, I heard. Co- that that we're doing. <laughs> so we're excited. Thank you for ha- us. <laughs> yeah. Thank hey, you for thank letting you. us have him. Yeah. So that's very exciting. And we're going to uh, hopefully expand New York NCSY. way. Because one of the things about New York is if a Jew wants to remain anonymous, they could do it. Yes. They could hide very easily. <laughs> it's very easy to hide. And sometimes, we're not going to let them. And, so, and sometimes <laughs> we forget, seriously, yes. with all the neighborhoods around New York, just how many Jewish kids have no relevance to the Jewish Absolutely. community. Su- Suffolk County. Um, you know, oh, different Suffolk's areas, a great, great yeah, uh, example of that. Different areas of even Queens or Brooklyn that aren't like. Yeah, I'd argue there. parts of Manhattan as well. I would parts say. of Manhattan. We're moving. Out, we're having a full-time NCSY director in Manhattan next year for the first time in partnership with KJ and Ramaz, um, and wow. that's something that we've never done before. I think your son is involved in that startup yeah. also. <laughs> um, Very interesting. So I'll God, tell yeah. you, um, it's easy to be anonymous in New York if you're a member of the Jewish community, and you guys are not going to allow that to happen. Absolutely I'll tell you. Not. And you've gotten good reaction from parents, right? Great a lot reaction. of parents are very uh, into, uh, at the minimum, starting their kids off on an introduction to our heritage, to, yes. to, to basic Judaism. Absolutely, we have, uh, we have, I think the number is at the end of the day was like 107 public school students on NCSY summer. Of that 502 TJJ buses, we have Resurf, we have different programs, some some here on, on Kola Mechina program. That Resurf program, yeah. boy. That's great. Unbelievable. That's and, great. and the reason I emphasize what I just said about the parents is because there's an impression out there that very often kids are pursuing things like this without their permission of the parents. And, it's, and in most cases, that's just not true. Yeah. Those cases get a lot of publicity. Right. But the reality is, thank God, there are yeah. parents who are getting a lot of nachas from the fact that their kids are joining programs like this. In 2019, parents are every every part of a teenager's life. Somebody right. was actually just showing me, it's interesting, um, TV clips from like the 1980s 
and parents and children were at odds with each other, and now all the TV shows have the parents and the kids being best friends, and parents are every part of what we do. We even started a JWRP TJJ for Moms group. I don't know if you saw them yesterday. Oh, yeah, um, someone mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, so we had 25 women come uh, that are parents of our NCSY uh, participants, the, the public school teens that come with us, have the same sort of, shorter, the same sort of experience as the wow. kids. And we're expanding that as well. Parents are every part of what we do. They're our partners. And you know that in general, NCSY kids have always had a good effect on their parents, now especially. Rena, thank you. Rena Emerson, CEO, New York NCSY. Call and come out to you. you. Thanks for joining us. Great to reunite with you in Israel. And finally, and finally, the man who takes most pride when he sees the growth of the NCSY summer programs, both the number of programs and the number of teens. That's, of course, the director of uh, NCSY Summer, and that is David Cutler. David, thank you again for welcoming us to all of your programs, especially NCSY Colo. Thank you, Nachum. I hope you've enjoyed and gotten a real sense of uh, the diversity of the number of programs that we have. It's, uh, it's a little dizzying sometimes, but it's uh, Baruch Hashem. It's great. You know what I love discovering? Programs that we've spoken to before have added elements. Machin is a good example. Obviously, pro- our best example. <laughs> that is a good example, right? Uh, obviously, programs that never existed before we're learning about. I never would have believed that a program centered on surfing can make an impact on Jewish youth. And anybody who heard last night's meaning Thursday morning show got an idea of how that's possible. Just incredible. I mean, you, you have rejected program ideas. Am, am I? Haven't you rejected program ideas? A lot, a lot so shouldn't I sound. suspect that when that one came to your desk, you were a bit skeptical or not? I would say we were a lot skeptical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, when anyone hears the idea of surfing, they're like, really? Exactly. But, uh, no, the idea is, you know, you never know what's going to come across and what's going to go well, but you have to obviously go with the times. And uh, we just really want to appeal to so many different kinds of kids. And our next step program, the internship program, is right. another great example. We talked about it earlier in this show. We, it's amazing. We were not getting kids who were more resume-building type kids but didn't want to spend their summer traveling Israel. So now they work from Sunday through Wednesday. Six hours at, a day. And a real internship. Yep. with real. And this year we, we really hit it on the head as far as great internships and really great places. And, and the then, skeptics wondered if the businesses and organizations would cooperate with 100%. you. And look what's happened. Yeah, it's great. We're actually going to expand that program. Right now, we have one bus of, of internships in Yerushalayim. Next year, we're expanding to a second bus and moving to Tel Aviv. Unbelievable. Because there's more, there's more. It's a little more of a, an internship-friendly world over there. Right. But, uh, but these kids that we never were attracting before are now joining us Sunday through Wednesday working. And then Thursday and Friday Shabbos, a real NCSY Shabbos with a little NCSY feel. So they're building their resume, and they're growing with us you know, religiously and spiritually. And it's, uh, you know, that's a great example of us expanding. How big can the Israel Rescue Program get? And the reason I ask is because, again, some might have said, you know what, the serious guy or girl who wants to be a medical technician, they're not going to be spending a few weeks in Israel to do it. They're going to stay in the States, get their degree, move on, etc., and look what's happened. You're now attracting an amazing group, and that group is saving lives. How big can that program get? I would imagine we can certainly get to a second bus. This year we almost filled a full full bus. Uh, We have now bigger buses, so if we really wanted to, we can expand nicely next year. Uh, to a bus and you know bus and change, but it's uh, the way our programs work now. We could easily have two buses running together at the same time, and you could also have the classes spread out. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, to think that these did that you know, take you by surprise also? How, how, the, how the growth of Israel Rescue or no? No, actually, you not. thought it actually, could happen. I, yeah, because it's uh, kids who want to go into medicine. Uh, this is how you want to spend your summer. So it's and it's it's in Israel, and it's just different, and it's a very cool way to spend the summer, and it's just very fulfilling. I mean, they're, they're momish. When you say saving a life. 
They, they saved they a really, couple lives yes. the other day. I mean, how crazy is that? You go back for the summer and you say, what would you do for the summer? I had a good time. I met some friends. What would you do? I saved someone's life. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. The whole thing's remarkable. David Cutler's with us. Now, this number's gone crazy. I mean, you know that NCSY Cola, when we used to joke that you were bursting at the seams at 200, is now approaching 300. Yeah, it's really. I mean, you're sitting in a, in a remodeled basement. Right. You remember you were here two uh, years correct. ago. It was a lot different to say, you know, to say the least. And uh, the Cole and the McClellan programs are both literally bursting at the seams to the point where they are adjusting their campuses here in Bay Meir and in Rashid to accommodate our numbers. Unbelievable. And Alan said yesterday on the air that, um, you know, I said to him, how big can this grow? And he basically said, you know, how many Jewish teams are there in the United States? And I'm sure you have the same attitude. That, you know. But in this case, as I said with our benefits earlier tonight, there's somewhat of an obligation. There are, you know, there are a lot of kids. I'm sure there are kids that are turned away because of numbers here. And you must feel like we've got to try our best to get in as many as possible. Exactly. I mean, we, you and I discussed that for a second last night in terms of our, right. our not, it's not an urge for us to grow, but we feel it's an obligation for us to grow. We're speaking with David Cutler, who, of course, is the uh, head of NCSY Summer. So you've already announced that uh, pre-registration has begun for the summer of 2020. Why would one in July worry about making that announcement so many months in advance of next year's programs? We like to get the, really a jump on everything. We really like to uh, – <laughs> we're, we're actually so excited, believe it or not, to start for next year already. Uh, so we really wanted to open it up as soon as possible. People are asking us already. They want to be able to register. Pre-registration is simply fill out a form, tell us you're interested. Right. And so we have your name in the system. We can talk to you and so on and so forth. People really want to register. People have been looking forward to going on some of these programs you know, for the last number of years. It's very, it's very fulfilling. We've gotten a lot of calls already about 2020. I'm actually submitting my flights tonight uh, for next summer. I was supposed to have them in already, but I got a little delayed yesterday. Um, but it's uh, we do everything a year in advance, so it's uh, there's really no letdown, thank God. But people really want to sign up, and we want to get the ball rolling for, uh, you know, God willing, for the 21, 22, 23 programs we're going to have next year. Does every program have a glut of uh, madrichim and madrichot that are aiming to become leaders in that program, or some reasonably, if one applies, they're likely to get a job? Programs are different. Some, it's literally... Really, really, really difficult. Kolel is was one of those programs. You'd call it impossible? Not impossible, but you have to be probably an alumnus of the program. If you went on a pro, the program and it has a 10th graders, one of the things we're seeing right now, Baruch Hashem, you asked last night, one of the most you know, fulfilling things right. is that we see now kids who were on the program coming back as Madrachim and Madrachot and directors of programs. It's really, we've been here that long. Uh, so, yeah, you have to apply early to be a Madrach or a Madricha, and some of the programs it's, it's impossible because you're either giving it to an alumnus or you're giving it to someone who was already coming back on the program for possibly possibly several years. Someone in Kolel, these might have come here for four, five, six, seven, eight years. They grow and they grow and they grow. So it's no, but it is possible to get on a program, but it might not be your first program of choice. Uh, is there an area of the country, North America uh, rather, not just the United States, uh, where you'd like to see more recruiting for NCSY summer programs, or you have the entire North America blanketed at this point? We, I mean, look, our bread and butter is, is certainly New York, New Jersey, but we're, we're, we're wherever our regions are, that's where we are. But wherever there are yeshiva kids also, it's, uh, we're everywhere. We're really everywhere. We really, you know, we have more and more kids coming now from Atlanta, more and more kids coming from, just a lot of kids coming from Canada now. We really have yeah, a tremendous amount of Yeah, I noticed that, by the way, yeah. Yeah, we have a very strong NCSY region there uh, with a lot of public school kids. They had uh, two and a half buses, buses of public school kids this year. They're talking about having... At least another one, if not another bus and a half next year from, from Canada. Uh, and there, look, there's a desire. All the regions really want to send their kids 
from their regions on the programs. There's a lot of buy-in. Um, and look, you saw it last night. It's, uh, somebody came over to me, one of, the, one of the reporters, and said he's been at like the BBYO event. And he just said, you know, the energy here, I've never seen anything like it. You know what I'm saying? Not to, not to be always, always not doing wonderful work. Uh, but it's, it's a very special thing to be a part of. And uh, there's, there's tremendous buy-in from around the country to be a part of it. And it's very satisfying. David Cutler is with us. I said earlier, I am not in any way um, uh, disparaging Michlelet, where we were earlier today, or any of the programs we interacted with at Yom and CSY. But there is something about being here on a late Thursday night. There is something about this penultimate experience of Thursday night in the base measures and an active base measures that you have here. And I'm wondering if you agree with me that with all the programs, and they're all great and very successful, there is something about being here at Colo with this crowd on a late Thursday night. So I won't admit to, to, to agreeing with you, <laughs> but I will tell you that I'm here every Thursday night over the summer. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that really already uh, answers your question or not without actually answering your have question. Have you had any chance to tour around yet to the programs? No, you got, oh, you told I, us I yesterday. I just got here right. Sunday you night. I mean, today, actually, I was in McClella today. Right. And we had a, a great meeting uh, today with uh, the new program we announced last night for Yalde Or. Uh, we're partnering with Migdal Or. You saw the announcement last night we made? We're partnering with Migdal Or. Meeting up north in Israel? Well, so they have a different campus uh, on the campus of Kfar Zoharim. Uh, they have a campus there. We're going to be partnering with them to run a, a leadership program for boys next year, uh, which will be just a, a wonderful, wonderful program. Has anyone taken directorship yet for that program? Yes. Have, somebody uh, we would know or not? Rabbi Nussan Rich, who actually oh, He's is, doing the program. He's, he's and doing he's here program. tonight. He's here tonight. So uh, he's, a, he's a natural, uh, he already ran the, they started it last year. Uh, he, they took a break this year, and next year we're partnering with Migdal Or, which is obviously an incredible organization. I mean, organization. this is the organization we know about from our Red Grossman, Correct. right? So we actually met with them today on their campus to, to it facilitate It is quite a the, campus. He walked in, in the middle of the meeting. That must have been it, amazing. Oh, it was awesome. He just walked in. He brought in a, a gentleman named Moshe Levy, I believe, who's an Israeli war hero, and they were giving him a tour of the place, and they both spoke to us. And it was, it was unbelievable. Our grossman came in twice. He popped in, and he spoke to us and gave us chizik. It was unexpected. They didn't know he was coming. And it was a tremendous, tremendous honor for us to, to speak to the Rav for a few minutes. <sighs> Amazing. So we're working with them next summer, God willing. So it's, uh, it's very exciting. All right. Parents out there, the best website to use is? Summer.ncsy.org. Simple as that. That's where everything happens. That's where our pre-registration for uh, 22 to 23 programs next year uh, it's open and uh, we're very excited and you're ready to head to Kennedy Airport and see those trips off already not really I want to stay in Israel for a few more weeks I'm good but but thank God we are booking our flights both in Kennedy more flights in Newark than we did last year uh, Baruch Hashem because we're we actually were our Mechlele program we jammed the entire line at JFK because it was such such a big airport a big uh, a big run of kids in Mechlele we destroyed check-in for the whole uh, LL flight. That well, that's what you'd be proud of. Yeah, so, it's, uh, so we're actually going to split into two flights next year. David, I thank you very, very much. Thanks for having us here. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. And thank you for another great NCSY summer experience. Thank you so much, Nachum. It's a this pleasure This has been amazing. Rabbi Benevitz, who, of course, leads uh, uh, the NCSY Colel and is our host here tonight and on this Friday morning broadcast, I thank you very, very much for having us here. This has been a unique experience. You'd think we've done this before, and it wouldn't be so unique, but frankly, uh, we've done this before, and it's been uh, pretty amazing. And there's something, as David just alluded to with me, and as I said to you earlier, there is something about a Thursday evening in an environment like this that really wraps up an amazing week with NCSY. So, Kolakavo to you and your staff and everybody here at NCSY, Kolel. And uh, your position as managing director, how is that going with the NCSY? It's fantastic. Uh, it's a really great privilege to be able to work 
uh, with so many Jews from across North America and to provide them with experiences just like this one and to bring them ever higher, strengthen our communities. That's what it's all about. And uh, it's a lucky, a lucky thing for me. And that's going on all around the country. I assume you're seeing these regions and chapters up close and personal during the year. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of traveling for you, I must say. It is a lot of traveling, and it's not easy on the family, and it's rough being away, but at least the destinations I get to go to, and I'm not speaking about the exotic uh, vacation spots. I'm speaking about some very, very special and holy people who are doing amazing things, and, and these teens and NCSYers who continue to inspire and lead and give us so many reasons to be optimistic and hopeful and uh, trust in a uh, great future. What's the rest of tonight's schedule? Uh, we're, we just welcomed another group of TJJers that uh, came in. They actually were here earlier How in the week. How close are they to the program It here? doesn't make a difference. We <laughs> send vans to wherever they are and we bring them in. But this was a group that was here earlier in the week, and they said, when do we get to go back? So they're back here on a Thursday night for their second, uh, second run of things. Uh, so we're going to break out the guitar right after Mariv, and we're going to dance around this base medrash and count down until uh, it's time to say good Shabbos. That's what we're going to do. Kolakavot to you. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. Right, Moshe Benevitz, he directs NCSY. Kolel, managing director of NCSY, and he just said time to say good job is in fact it is with journeys at JM and the AM. Special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator is a very special sign. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. Uh, this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSegal.com, and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. I was just handed a note, today's a very big day. Today is ZK's birthday. Holy cow. And by the way, it's a significant birthday. It's a milestone birthday. Correct. It is a milestone birthday for ZK. We wish him a very, 
very happy birthday from Israel. I'm sure he misses not being on these trips. Knowing him, I'm sure he regrets that he's not with us on these trips. Big thank you to Miriam Al-Wallach, to Yoni Pollock, to Avrami Finkelstein, and of course our entire staff. And to all of you for tuning in and what's been four amazing days from Israel. And I thank you so much for being part of it. Sunday is Shavasar Monday, we're in full-fledged three-weeks format. And we'll speak to you from our New York studios at that time. And a big thank you to Racheli Schwartz, who played the role of Amy here tonight. Thank you very much, Racheli. And thank you to Amy and, of course, to David Cutler and everybody. Uh, have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Till next week, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.